Hey, yo, what's good, what's good, what's good? Welcome to Reflections of a DJ The Road Podcast, presented by DJ City. Big shout to DJ City. I'm one of your hosts, DJ Crooked. We got my man, DJ Never. Yo, what's up? Let's get this shit going. We got my man, DJ D-Miles. What's good, what's good? And we got Jimmy the Great in the building. What's good, fellas? What's up? Yeah. What's up, man? We're going to record the whole episode with this echo. Yeah. yeah just like the old Clue mixtapes. <laughs> Sound like Peyton Desert Storm. Clue Minati. You know what it is. All right. What's good, y'all? How y'all feeling, man? Man. New cheese. Oh, you took it off. I took it off. <laughs> you get carried away. You get carried away. Relax. What's up, man? What's good, man? This is the first time we've been together. Two, Pause. Two months? March. March? March yeah. 14th was the last recorded one. Was it the reset? To get reset Tuesday. The yeah. Tuesday right before it came out. That was our Nostradamus episode. Yeah. Yeah. That's when you Unf- were. Unfortunately, everything came true. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're at Cookie's house eating soups and wearing a mask. <laughs> yeah, this is crazy. Uh, but with Las Vegas opening up, I felt like it was kind of an appropriate time for us to uh to kind of meet up in person and record an episode together. Yeah. yeah. Um before we get into the episode, I actually want to announce that uh, we've been working on a special project, which is basically the last time we had a gangbang, right? Pause. <laughs> yeah, we had a Zoom gangbang. Yeah, bang. so, I mean, basically when live streaming and, uh, you know, Zoom started coming into the picture, I've been kind of racking my brain on how I could interact and, like, integrate everything into our show. As I started learning more about Twitch, OBS, and um, just live streaming with, you know, I've been working with Jamie and all the guys. I think we're going to debut a new show uh, this Monday on Twitch. And you can follow us on Twitch or subscribe to us on Twitch at uh, Road Podcast. But we're going to test out this show on Monday, May 25th at 7 p.m. PST. Might be 7 or 8 p.m. PST. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. Uh, East, Coast. East Coast time. Stay tuned for uh, for us this weekend, and, and look for out, look out for us on Monday, like 7 or 8 p.m. And we're gonna test out the show, and we're gonna uh, try to interact with y'all as much as possible, and get y'all into the conversations, get some debates going. Yeah, we're talking about everything. so we'll see how it goes, man. If it, if it goes well, it goes well. We'll we'll try to do it bi-weekly or weekly, but we'll see what's up. And this won't interfere with our Wednesday episodes. Right. This is an additional show that that we're gonna we're gonna try to experiment with. It's basically the second level to the gangbang. Yeah, I mean it's just a a better way, to, a better version of the a show. Better version, and even it, though the know. first gangbang everybody loved it and they want us to do it again, Crooked put his mastermind hat on this one and then he developed this uh, upcoming show. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how it goes and then we'll move from there. Yeah, but that's basically it. Yeah, but anyways, but how y'all been? Everyone's been holding holding up. Pause. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah. Hanging in there. Everyone looks good. Never look like you've been losing weight and shit. Never look good, man. Yeah, look oh. slim and trim. Hell oh, yeah. Slim and trim? <laughs> That's a dope word. <laughs> slim and trim. Trying. Do you look in uh, the same? <laughs> As always. My, my beard's a little longer. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, you know what, though? I ain't going to lie. Like, I mentally, I feel really good. Like, uh-huh. spiritually. Like, because I haven't had a break from DJing since maybe I started in 03. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. the first time I've had like multiple weeks of not DJing, and I've kind of taken advantage of it and just kind of like centered myself a little more and kind of like just been in the house like doing normal shit, having a normal sleep schedule, eating on a normal sleep schedule, eating on a normal schedule, like just certain things that we don't have the luxury of doing. Have yeah. you been able to sleep normal? 
I have. Like, I've been going to bed. Like, even last night, I went to bed at, like, 9 o'clock. Wow. Damn. I've never done that. Like that was, Yeah, that's, you had trouble sleeping before. Yeah. And, like, now I just, those little things we take for granted, I've taken advantage of, and it's helped me. You know, I, wow, I definitely man. miss DJing, but just since we can't, I've just been able to just kind of have a normal schedule, and it's kind of, like, been refreshing. Is there a reason why you haven't um, live-streamed at all, or you haven't had niche, too? I think or? it was a part of that. I just wanted to take a mental break. Mm. And now I'm starting to get the itch. And now I'm like, okay, now it might be time. But right away, I was like, man, like, I'm going to just take advantage of this break and just give myself. I couldn't even listen to music normally. Like, I would be in my car, and most of the time, I wouldn't even listen to music. Yeah. Because I would be so burnt out. And then I was conditioned to listen to it to where I only could focus on what I could play in the club. So I couldn't enjoy an album. Yeah. Just like a, a normal consumer. It was always about what can I play in the club? How can I play this on radio? I never could just enjoy music now. I can listen to a whole the whole future album I was able to listen to. Really? The whole Drake album I was <laughs> able to listen to. <laughs> All 21 tracks of the future you put up with? God you know damn. what I mean? With just nor- listening to it as a consumer instead yeah. of listening to it as a DJ all the time. So I just needed that break. Now I feel a little more refreshed. I'm able, how do you, how do you feel live. about that new future album? <sighs> I'll, I'll be honest. There's about like three songs on yeah. the album I like. I, I haven't heard his sound in a minute. So for me, yeah. it sounded actually all right. I, like but I, high, I only listened to the first two songs, but I had to do some shit. But I was yeah. like, yeah, it doesn't sound that bad. I like High Tech Tech. Mm-hmm. That's probably like the one I was like, okay, this this probably w- would hit like in an L.A. club. Right, mm-hmm. right. I like the joint with Travis Scott. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. I, I still haven't even heard the, the Drake, uh, what uh, is it, the Dark demo Lane tapes? demo tapes? Yeah, oh, yeah. I haven't even heard that. I haven't even, even yeah. listened. I have I like no, almost little to no interest to hear. Like, There's some really yeah. underrated songs on there. Is like, that? people are sleeping on Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Especially right. the Chris Brown record. That shit goes fucking yeah. Chris, amazing. The D4L is definitely the club. Would have been the club banger mm-hmm. if we were able to play the music in the club. That would be the one. I think it was with Young Thug and Future. Yeah. Yeah. But and then... There's been a, a few drops. Yeah. Uh, I haven't listened to any of them. I didn't listen to the Tory Lanez at all. I heard that was, like, a lot of filler shit. It was. Yeah. 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 I haven't heard... I haven't listened to anything, man. He had a couple... I think he had, like, one or two that might have been able to play in the club. Yeah. But other than that, it was like some filler stuff. The baby's the same, kind of in the same place. It just all sounds the same. That was like fillers also, right? It's all fillers. That didn't make it on the last album. The best album that's dropped during quarantine has to go to Party Next Door. I'll tell you that. Yeah. It's been a good listen. You think better than Weekend? Yeah. I'll take that over the weekend. Yeah. Easily. Party Next Door is is dope. Yeah, he is. Uh, What do you call it? Well, it looks like, well, Vegas is reopening, I guess. They're attempting to reopen. Well, they did like phase one, right? Yeah. Which is basically mm-hmm. small businesses has been opening. Yeah. I think some barbershops have been opening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone is social distancing. I personally haven't seen anyone in Vegas wear a mask. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Same Only thing. a few people. Yeah, it's like no, nobody wears that shit. Everyone looks at me like I'm crazy for wearing Dude, a mask. Dude, <laughs> so majority of this quarantine and lockdown, I was in L.A. In L.A., uh, Mayor Garcetti uh, from L.A., he was like really strict with rules and shit. Yeah. So you couldn't go out the house without a mask early on, like the first two weeks. Like he got on his shit quick. So when I came back to Vegas and I'm wearing a mask and going to places, people look at me fucking nuts. And I'm like, well, fuck. Do I, f-? I feel silly with a mask on, but I'm like, yeah, it's either like you do this or you get fucking, you risk to get getting the virus. Yeah. 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 But I mean, even now, some certain spots won't allow you in without a mask. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, some restaurants also let you go in without the mask. Yeah. yeah. I don't see the big deal in wearing a mask. Really? Uh, yeah. 
in Asia, <laughs> it's, it's a big yes. Like you about to say, a big thing in Asia. It's normal, right? Well, the thing in Asia, they they dealt with the whole SARS epidemic and yeah. all of that shit. So for them, it actually became a way of life uh-huh. to the point where like, um, even like the women, if they have to do errands, or if they have to go to the grocery store, yeah, and they don't want to put on makeup and get done, they'll wear like a like a mask and a baseball cap, just to avoid that shit. Yeah. But it's like it's become a social responsibility of every individual yeah. to be accountable for their own health. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're not if you're not feeling well, you have to be accountable and wear a mask yeah. so you don't spread it to other people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's the flu or whatever the fuck that you have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if you have like a really bad sneeze or mm-hmm. sniffles, they're saying like, like it's respectful for you to like control your shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas you, here in the U.S., it's seen as like I don't I don't know how motherfuckers view it. They see it like like a, he look goofy as fuck. Do you think Americans just have trouble being told what to do? Yeah, because of the freedom. We have freedom. We we don't have we're not limited not to do anything. So being told to do something and stay in your house was fucking trouble in the beginning. Yeah. Like people didn't know how to act. I mean, look at like white people are wilding the fuck out right now. Like yeah, yeah. white women, aka the Karens of America, <laughs> the Karens, are going crazy, yo. Karens of the world. Yeah, like they they're flipping out over masks. About mm-hmm. I mean, why are people eating at all these shitty restaurants like Olive Garden and all this shit, and then like waiting for three hours for Olive Garden? I like, did you see that it's shit? supply and demand. There's like that, videos of like you know like white women go, like <laughs> getting kicked out of Olive Garden because they were like, I've been waiting for three hours, and I'm like, why are you no, waiting I, for three hours for that. Olive Garden? I don't think Olive Garden has a three hour wait. They might, there is. bro. They might. I mean, right now, it's yeah. have you seen some of the? I've I've just been driving. Have you seen some of these drive through lines? Oh it's no, crazy. Chick Fil A is packed. Chick Fil A more than often. I'm bro, telling you, there's like a ton of franchise shitty restaurants that people fucking love. In and out. I've never seen an Arby's well, with a line. Let's not call them shitty. Arby's had a line. The Olive, Garden, Olive Garden is shitty. I mean, you talk about best one. What's the other one? The Outback. Yeah, Outback. That's, that's, that's shitty. I, I, that's nasty. Actually, I know Five Likes Outback Steakhouse. Right? I know. He, he, he took me there a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, and, you were, and, you were like, and you were like, why the fuck are you taking me here? <laughs> um, what do you call it? Well, we saw the uh, we saw uh, Karen get kicked out of Gelson's. And oh, Pete, y'all, didn't, y'all didn't know what, what Gelson's was. What the fuck was. is a Gelson's? I never heard of Gelson. To be honest, I never heard of Gelson. Is that what is that? That's like um, a step up from a Vons and Albertsons. A high end supermarket. So everyone's probably seen this this video on Twitter where this white woman is like looking to press charges on, I guess, Gelson's, this grocery store in yeah. Cali, right? Yes. Like I think it's in the OC. I'm not sure. No, I mean there's some everywhere, but it's definitely they're mostly in the OC, right? Well, there's one in Silver Lake. <laughs> I'm okay. not too proud of it, but yeah, there's one in Silver Lake. Anyway, they wouldn't let her in without a mask, and there's this dude outside who's like <laughs> sanitizing the shopping carts. <laughs> but there's Michael Jackson "Rock with You" playing in the background, and uh-huh. my man is just dancing, happy as fuck, like. Just sanitizing the shopping carts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, he's and she's like, what the fuck are you so chipper about? What are you so chipper? <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, yo, I was a bartender. I was out of work, so I'm just happy to be working. And I was yeah. like, yo, you know what, man? I wish I could buy that. I wish I could get that motherfucker something to give him a pound and shit. Damn. And she I just love rained that on shit. this shit, huh? Exactly. I mean, yo, man. People started like a high-end supermarket, but it wasn't. To me, I mean, it's, it is higher than a, than a Vons or an Albertsons, but there's like levels to that shit. Like, the one higher than Gelson's is Pavilions. And that's super like... Wait, what's higher? Pavilions or Whole Foods? <sighs> Gotta be Whole we'll Foods. We'll see. I feel like Whole, Whole Foods, Foods is, is the top of the chain. Is, Pavilions, is Pavilions was always in like the... Uh, 
suburbs. Yeah. Like that was in the valley. Like I didn't see any in the inner city in LA. Yeah. You saw Vaughn's, John's. Yeah. Vaughn, Smith's, Albertson's, Smart and Final. What, where's, the, where's the black groceries? Where's the black grocery stores? I don't know. Oh, you still haven't invented it, Kurt. Oh, Malcolm X Boulevard. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Martin Luther King. <laughs> Simply, okay. Simply Wholesome. That was like the shit in LA. Was that oh, a black so grocery? Yeah. It was like the spot where you go for like the organic smoothies. You can get produce. But it was, a, it was like a black-owned grocery? No, no, no. It was it was like a just kind of a small little market where you can get... It was like a half restaurant, half market. Why is it... I, we've talked about this so many times, but I feel like now is the time for black people to drop a, a grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> for like an album? Like a drop of CDs. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're dropping. I think it's dope. I think it's about time for black people to, to drop a grocery store. I feel like if it happened right now, it would be a huge success. Oh, hell yeah. I think it's the Top. right time. Yeah. Tyler Perry or one of these motherfuckers. Tyler Perry, Will, Perry, Will Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, Brian Gumbel. <laughs> Any one of those motherfuckers. Byron Allen. Jay-Z, open one up in Marcy. Magic Johnson. Um, what would the fucking wait? So Whole Foods is still top of the chain, though. Yeah, right? Whole Foods is the top of the chain. Yeah, because in New York, what well, we have Dagest- we had Dagostino. There's no Dagostinos. They closed there, that though. though. Yeah, and then there was Gristidis, which was kind of high. It yeah. was like high end, but now that shit is low end as fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then so Whole Foods. I, and then the the, La- the Latino um, grocery is Associated. Well, that was the in name East of Coast. It? It's called Associated. I never heard of that. I, I don't know why they named it. It was Associated. <laughs> associated. Yeah, associated. that one. That one, and it was Latino. another one too. Um, because what well, you guys have Marina, right? Maria, I hear we Marianas. have Marianas, Marianas. And we have I go to Cardenas. God, yo, black people be at Cardenas. And, I love that spot. In the hood in New York, in the Bronx, we have Sea Town. Sea Town. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Cardenas. Key, key got, food is like the the lowest you could go if I you go so, to yeah. Key Food. What about Winco? I never heard of that. That that's shit like sounds ghetto. That's some down south shit, right? <laughs> yeah. Winco? You going to Winco? <laughs> Yo, give me some snacks from the Yo, Winco. you know a city's really fucked up when they still got a Woolworths, right? A what? Is that still exists? <laughs> <What is that? laughs> you be that's... going. Yo, some, some cities are so fucked up nah, they still got a Woolworths. Closed, man. God, they still got the Woolworths here, there. No, I'm works? telling you. That shit closed when I was a kid, man. No, they still got it. They still got the Woolworths. What do you call Anyway, I want to go back to this... Even though the Vegas has been opening up, small business has been opening up, the strip has been closed. Mm-hmm. Still closed. It's still closed, but... I think there's only that one CVS we walk by all the time that says, we are open, water here. Well, yeah, that's an essential business. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's, so that's uh, the only thing everywhere. open on the strip, yeah. basically. So basically, we've been seeing uh, all these like kind of pics on Twitter about just like, you know, like plexiglass barricades for poker tables. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we've even been I've been seeing some things for the gym and whatnot. Yeah. They do but, it at the barbershop. They have like this like plastic drop on each yeah. between everybody. But it just all of that all of those barriers and all of those covers just seem like more shit you have to clean before someone else uh before they interchange to the next person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually I was talking to my homegirl. She works in the bar restaurant business and they just brought her in for a new uh uh what just a new procedure yeah. for dealing with all this shit. Dude, every time she touches somebody's fork, she has to go back, take out her gloves, wash her hands, put her fresh new gloves on. Every time you touch something on the table, you have to do that. Mm-hmm. So and that's very- that's my main issue too. Like as far as when the gyms open back up, like if I want to get on a treadmill, and you know maybe the treadmills are full, I'm waiting on someone to get off. Like, is there going to be someone there? To sanitize every treadmill every time someone gets no, off. There isn't. You know, like as far as weight benches, like gri- gripping, like you know, bars. There's, whatever. But like, honestly, man, you you're like a workout dude, right? Yeah. There's no reason for the gyms to open. To I don't. I, I don't think so either. I, I would be 
I think that should be one of the last things to open. Exactly. It's just way too hard to like monitor who's coming in and out. You got steam rooms, you got swimming mm-hmm. pools, saunas. It's just way too much moisture. A lot of sweat. A lot of sweat. I would so say I would say Rhino would need to open up before the gyms. No? I, I would I would be <laughs> Yeah. If I was on the, if I was on the city council, I would, I would vote. If there was a petition for that, I would say, yo, it would be Rhino a landslide win. For Rhino the, needs to for open the before Rhino. the gyms. Rhino's safer than the we gyms. Um, nah, but I want to talk about this rollout because it looks like the win and the Venetian are going to open June 1st. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have no idea how they're going to operate. Was we talking, what, two weeks? Yes. Yeah. I have no idea how they're going to operate. I have no idea how many people are going to come into the city. Yeah. I think a lot. Yeah. A lot I, of I people. I think so too, man. I think a lot of people have nothing to do. And if any city that opens up that's near them, they're going to go there. Yeah. Especially on a weekend, maybe during the weekday because some of them aren't working. Yeah. And then, honestly, I think the casinos are like, yo, let's open up now while people have some of this stimulus money. I agree. And some of this unemployment mm-hmm. so we can get some of that dough into circulation. Because they're going to have... Or we're getting another stimulus check, right? Yeah. We got one already and supposedly. we're getting a second one. Yeah, supposedly. Nevada hasn't... Uh, re- they haven't released the PUA for uh, open... Uh, independent contractors, right? They, just, they just opened it up this past Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. They did. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So anyone in Las Vegas, you should be eligible for unemployment or for DJs. independent contractors yes. yeah. as of right now. Freelancers. The yeah. site might be like overwhelmed. It's uh the site is employenv.gov. Nice. Mm-hmm. You can go on there and um fill out whatever you need to fill out. I heard people been averaging six hundred a week. Yeah. Bro, a thousand a week. A thousand? Yeah. Well, on top of back pay. Yeah, you can, you can qualify for that. Yeah, oh, shit. yeah. So some, yeah, some people are getting paid more now than they, than they were before. Yeah, wow. I have a lot of family members, and that. that's the scary thing, like you were saying, because people are going to come. They don't have to go to work, but they're still getting that that money. They might come here and blow Dude, it. They're making exactly. more money staying at home. Yeah, but I think I think the casinos are well well aware of that, and yeah. they they're really they don't want to let that revenue slip away at all. I agree. I just don't know how they're going to operate. I don't know, mm-hmm. and from what I heard, I heard they're going to check everyone's temperature that walks in and out. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that shit that we do, even what we're doing now, a lot of that shit is not 100% effective. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and it's and all it takes is one person to like literally infiltrate like an asymptomatic type person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just to infiltrate the whole system and like spread it to 20 to 50 people. Yeah. And the scary shit is that I think if it happens at a prestigious hotel like the Wynn or the Venetian and I would say those are the more prestigious hotels. The Wynn definitely is one of the most prestigious the, hotels in Vegas. I think the yeah. one. And I know that other casino hotels were waiting to see what they did. They were like, Wynn was going to, you know, they were waiting to see and follow what the Wynn would do. Yeah, because Wynn was the first one to close. Yeah. Wynn and Encore. Yeah, because they're going to follow Wynn's lead mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and decide what they're going to do, just like MGM Properties. I have a question, though. For the temperature part, I think that's going to cause a lot of trouble because you are in Vegas, and it's 110 degrees outside half of the time during the summer. And say you're walking the strip and you go into like an MGM park or whatever, or New York, New York, you're going to be hot as fuck. So your temperature is going to be up. So now you have to wait outside till your temperature goes down or... I don't know. They're going to have to figure it out. But like I said, it's a lot of it's going to be window dressing. Just like I remember, when, you know, when you drive through the Venetian 
during 9-11, they would check your trunk. Security oh, yeah, would stop yeah. you and they would check your trunk. Oh, they yeah. do that now too. Yeah. I don't know why they still do it now. They'd be like, oh, random check. And they just yeah, pop like, your trunk. That makes no fucking sense that they still do it now. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I know that that's window dressing and it just makes people feel more at ease to, yeah. Yeah. to you know, enter the casino. They feel a little bit more safe. Not yeah. only that, but the greatest news of all this is that free parking is coming back to Las Vegas casinos because those shit was, they were fucking damaging pockets. Yeah. yeah. Free parking, that's good. I can't. I, I still don't. Be, I, I still can't believe that. What, when did they start charging for parking? I want to say like four 20, years ago, right? No, it was, like two uh, years ago. Twenty sixteen. Yeah, they started it to where if you had a out of state license, they would charge you. But if you had an in state license and a Nevada ID, you were free. Yeah. And then as soon as twenty seventeen hit, they implemented the charges. See, to me, I think that's crazy that they started charging locals. I yeah. I and I think I think that's the downward spiral for Las Vegas in a yeah. lot of ways. I thought like it you got to take care of locals. It drove away a lot of local traffic that just wanted to maybe yeah. go gamble, I, go to a show. I honestly go. think I honestly think that kind of hurt some of the nightclubs too. I agree. Yeah. And you know, for me, like if I was in a mood, if I had friends in town and I wanted to go, like maybe like club hop. Yeah. I had to take that into consideration. Like, yo, I might have to pay twenty bucks here. Yeah. Twenty bucks at the next spot. Uh-huh. And so it kind of like stopped me from maybe exactly. moving around the city as much. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just imagine like, you know, like a group of girls all meeting to go to the club. Yeah. It's like four of them, $20 each. That's $80 to $100 for parking. Right. Yeah. That's fucking nuts. And if you go to a day party, same shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and imagine if, so if you're going back and forth all day, you could spend anywhere from 75 to $100 just on parking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fucking nuts. And that... That makes no sense. And then even for mm-hmm. us, like DJing, like if you had a, a gig during the day, like yeah. ne- never if you were at daylight, mm-hmm. you had to come back at night. You know what I'm saying? If you were driving, that's at least 40 bucks yeah, out but of your never pocket does right know, there. He doesn't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to worry about that. We're still going to teach right now, never so how to drive. I'm good. I'm good that's my goal this year. Teaching never how to. Hypothetically. This is not a problem for me and never. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's not a fucking problem. Got to teach never how to drive. So we saw a text message earlier uh, like two a, weeks ago, a few yeah, a few weeks ago, yeah, there was a text message basically about MGM Grand MGM Properties, mm-hmm. MGM Properties. I mean MGM. Like we had Sean Christie here. He actually stepped down, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a little from, bit after the lockdown happened. Yeah, yeah. And so well, MGM was closed, but they in the text message there was a rollout plan for when the hotels would open. And at the time. I was about to retweet it, but I showed everybody, and everyone's like, yo, what the fuck? And then they started uh, debunking that on Twitter. They started saying, like, yo, this is false. This is totally false. And then recently, we were hanging out with one of the dudes from MGM, and they were like, yeah, that's totally false. (laughs) And then he just explained the rollout, and I was like, nah, that sounds pretty accurate. Yeah, pretty. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I wanted to read the rollout, which is basically... On, it's online. It's in line with what the Wynn and the Venetian are doing. So yes. at June 1st, the Wynn and the Venetian are opening. For MGM Properties, uh, June, New York, New York, and Bellagio are going to open. Basically, New York, New York is kind of a low-end property, and the Bellagio is a high-end property. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they kind of wanted to open two different hotels that would hit two different demographics, yeah. right? Or and, pockets. Right. <laughs> so then... The New York, New York would be a low end and the Bellagio would be the high end. Mm-hmm. But then they're also, I think, taking into account that the NBA is coming to Vegas. Y'all yeah. might know well, more supposedly, about that. There's speculations happening that, so well, it, between the NHL and the NBA, they're kind of like bidding off for the T-Mobile Arena and be housed in the New York, New York. Yeah. But 
it looks like NBA NBA might be transferred to the Mandalay Bay, which is a bigger facility, and they're gonna be running like four games at once type of deal, no fans, so it's gonna be like just a practice yeah. mode kind well, of game. Mandalay mode. Bay has a convention center attached to the hotel. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, huge consensus. They yeah. can use that to uh, pretty much build practice facilities. And they can just house themselves and their families and then right. the coaching staff in very limited media. So, I mean, if they wanted to keep them all in one place, I think that would be ideal between but the MGM and Is it honestly Bay. possible for for people not to go and visit these motherfuckers at these hotels, like groupies and all of these motherfuckers? Probably not. Without maybe some kind of like high security or like them being on certain floors. But, I mean, groupies will figure it out. <laughs> They're going to be dressed <laughs> as the, the housekeeping. <laughs> also, it's one of those things where like... If you're a high-profile basketball player, mm-hmm. an athlete, mm-hmm. I mean, everyone's going to kind of like, you know, like break the rules for you a little bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. LeBron's yeah. getting high treatment, bro. You know oh, what I'm course, saying? Man. Yeah, yeah. So I just think, I don't know, man. I feel like there's going to be a ton of groupies coming into Vegas. Well, there's the only, there was only about a month left of the season, right? Yeah. Regular season uh, when all this happened. And then there was about a month and a half left for playoffs. So they might just... Need a month to finish this whole fucking yeah. Yeah. rest of the regular season and then go into playoffs. I think if you're talking out. about keeping them in the same space, I think it makes sense because I think the other uh, option was possibly Disneyland in Orlando. Nah, that made no sense. Yeah. But I mean, I think they were just looking at how they could house them and have all the games in one area and keep them from being too mobile. Yeah, yeah. But I think Vegas makes sense out of all the options they, that I've heard. Yeah. Vegas makes but, makes a lot of sense, and there would be no spectators there. It would no. just be them playing on the, on the what do you call it, on the basketball courts, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, because they're, they're doing the same thing for, for baseball. They're trying to make it a, kind of a three-league, the Midwest, the East, and the, and the West. And they're going to be housing people, from what I've heard, it was in Arizona, uh, part of Chicago, and then in Florida. What were they saying that they were going to put in the T-Mobile Center? The NHL. NHL. Mm-hmm. The hockey. The yeah, thing yeah. was, they couldn't house, they couldn't do hockey and basketball because of the ice. Mm. They can't be switching it off on and off. Got it, got it. Yeah. And so they had to yeah. keep the T-Mobile arena. Strictly ice. Strictly for NHL. Uh-huh. And then they hockey. would move NBA to the Mandalay Bay. Yeah. Correct. And uh, people who were, the NHL would stay in New York, New York, which is directly next to pretty much Should, T-Mobile yeah. arena. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um. And now the rest of the MGM rollout, with June being the Bellagio in New York, New York, uh, October would have been Park MGM, which is the new property that they have here. Mm-hmm. The remodel property. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, January would be the MGM Grand. Mm-hmm. This is next year, though. Yeah. 2021. Yeah. That would be the MGM Grand in January. In March, April would be next year Luxor and Mandalay Bay. But Mandalay Bay is off the list because obviously they would open sooner for the NBA. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And then July, would July August would be Aria. Mm-hmm. I heard that's the last on the list to fucking yeah. open. The Aria is the last fucking mm-hmm. hotel for them to open. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I, it's the last for them to open. And then the last one on the list, October, November of next year, 2021, is Mirage. Yep. Damn. Wow. And <clears throat> there's been reports where, I mean, Dre's just did a massive, uh, basically, they let go of their whole staff just recently, and they announced, I don't know if they announced anything, but it was rumored that they're not going to open until next year. Yeah, Cromwell was going to be shut down for probably the rest of the year. That was the rumor on Twitter. Yeah, and then there was a Fox News story that came out basically saying that uh, they think nightclubs are done for the next year or two. Yeah. Yeah. That they probably won't open until 2022, and if so, they might open towards the end of 2021. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But 
you know, I think we called it where we were saying that we were saying uh, that smaller venues, bars and lounges, restaurants, uh, those are going to be open. Mm-hmm. Whether they're going to yeah. need a DJ is is one thing. Yeah, because they're going to be opening at what thirty to fifty percent capacity. Yeah, so they're not going to be full. But also, I heard if it's getting too rowdy, if it's getting too crazy, if it's getting kind of like a little too turnt, the cops have every right to shut it down. And a DJ told me, I'm not going to say in what city, but you know, a city in Texas. Basically, he was DJing at that that venue got shut down by the cops. They showed up and they're like, "Nah, we, this is a little too turnt. It's a little too lit." We got we to gotta shut this shit this down. This was recent? Yep. Oh, wow. There's a lot of spots that are opening back up. A lot of DJs are DMing me telling me that they're actually working now. And they're, wow. they're getting their full rate. Damn. Really? That's yeah. good. I was expecting a lesser rate, at mm. least for a, yeah. like the, the rest of the year. Yeah. I didn't expect that shit. Yeah. A lot of, and a lot of motherfuckers here in Vegas are saying that they might, they might move. Yeah. Because this city's going to be dead for the next two, two years. years. Two years. A year and a half at least. Yeah. I mean, I think I think that it's definitely going to be a situation where once the casinos open, these lounges are going to see the need for maybe live entertainment, and the easiest the easiest route is to have a DJ. But the thing is, this is that you can't just be a lounge to serve liquor. Like serving liquor, if you're an establishment and the only thing you serve is liquor, you can't be open. Yeah. So you got to be able to serve food as well. It's a safety protocol as well. Like you can't just have a bunch of random people coming up to a bar. Yeah. There has to be a server in control. There has to be a controlled environment where drinks and food is being served to you yeah. in a safe way. A bar is not a safe way. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's just too too much like infestation at a bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it, there has to be a food element. Yeah. It has to be a restaurant. Yeah. So like anything with a food element, I think is going to be okay. So you you think like a spot like. Um like a towel, they have a restaurant, right? But they yes. have like that, it, like the little lounge DJ booth downstairs. Yes. You think they'd be they'd be able to have that open? Yeah, they'll probably open. But and the thing have... is, like every other table would be occupied. Yeah. So yeah. another thing that comes to mind is that are a lot of these clubs going to be? Not are they going to make it? Are they going to you know? They're not going to be paying rent. Mm-hmm. They're and taking they, up, and a they're ton. still going to be. They're still going to have to pay that rent. Well. Th- Here's the thing is that they're not going to be paying rent because there's no revenue coming in, mm-hmm. right? And then usually the the casinos and hotels, they take a portion of the revenue and they, they, and they, and they get rent mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Or some of them have a deal where they just take revenue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in most cases, the casinos aren't even getting there's rent no money. They're, not getting, they're getting no revenue from that space. Right. Yeah. So for them... Are they going to take the L for two years and reopen, or are they going to build a, something new in there? Or make so, it into a restaurant. Yeah, yeah. replace yeah. some of these spots for something else mm-hmm. that, that's maybe more relevant. Yeah. Something that actually is more sustainable in this new environment that we're living in now, yeah. as opposed to keeping, like, I don't know, these clubs are like usually like what? At least 5,000 square feet or something crazy sure. like that. I mean, that's a ton of real estate, that's a ton of money. I think spots like the um, Mirage, yeah. since they're going to be one of the last to open, yeah. would probably, I'm guessing, if I was probably at the head of that casino or whatever, it would take this time to remodel or come up with new ways to generate revenue, whatever the new normal is going to be. Mm-hmm. You got one oak that's no longer there. So that was already done deal. Mm-hmm. So that space is going to be something eventually. They had like some lounges in there. They had a pool. So, I mean, they got a bunch of room to like grow out of it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I remember there was a there was talk about uh, a property. I don't want to say the name, but there was a there was a it was a nightclub 
that was doing okay. The restaurant was doing okay, mm-hmm. but it was huge. It was like multi levels, and the hotel was like, "Yo, we want we want to close this shit." Yeah, damn. Because we want to put like an Hermes here. Oh shit. <laughs> or Louis Vuitton, and I was like, really? Like a Louis Vuitton or Hermes makes more than like a restaurant nightclub? They're like, fuck yeah, like. <laughs> Like everyone, every hotel has which. Well, just so every hotel has a Louis Vuitton shop or or, or, or a Mez, right? Or Mez, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah, but the, yeah. But the thing is that if you're in a hotel, people just go downstairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If you have wins from a hotel, you go you go to Hermes and you buy something for your wife, or she buys something for herself, or whatever the fuck goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they don't go and give that money to another hotel. So you always want the best shops in your own hotel. Yeah, preach. Speaking wow. of that, I have a question. So, like, let's say, like, when the win opens. Do you think they'll open their shops as well? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, how do you think that's going to go? Because I have, put, it, put it this way. If you own a hotel, mm-hmm. you're going to try to find as many ways as possible to make a buck. Yeah. To, to earn that revenue. Yeah. And then you're going to analyze those numbers and you can say, which, which business is generating the most money and probably invest more into those businesses? Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So that's what they're going to do. They're really going to analyze what's doing well. I'm because... S- the thing is, if there is a limit to like, if there's social distancing, there's a limit to how many people can play at a craft table now. Yeah. There's a limit to how many people can play at a poker table. Mm-hmm. So slots might be their shit. Yeah. They might have to make more. They might actually make more money removing a nightclub and putting more slots in there. Or I don't know what the fuck. Yeah. Or more games or more sports betting. Or I don't know what they, like what drives more revenue for them. Yeah. And, and also like, you know, I, as the, as everything unfolds and everything you know, as everything evolves, we don't know. I mean, people are trying the dumbest shit ever, right? <laughs> to to get to recreate something that's similar to a nightclub experience, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. there's what do they have? This like parking lot pimping, drive through. Oh, the club rave. I mean, the 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 pull up rave or whatever. It's just yeah, called? yeah. Like it's basically rave? like a drive through festival, which yeah. looks like the most horrible experience ever. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> yeah. It looks, it looks, it looks people, amazingly horrible. People are flicking their lights from like high beam to low beam, right? Yeah. They're honking. <laughs> it's crazy. It looks absolutely horrific. Unless yeah. they would pay any of us to DJ it, then oh, I'd I'm be there. like, all right, cool. I'm like, sorry, fellas. <laughs> but it looks like one of. I mean, they're doing anything and everything to. To make money from liquor and to yeah. recreate yeah. an experience that's similar oh, to, to a nightclub night club, yeah. or a pool party. So we, I don't know what they're going to do, what kind of creative shit. You know my, what might be interesting, what might actually come in, I was thinking about it, was karaoke rooms. Yeah. Where if, if, but those rooms are too tight, though. It's, they're kind of small. But they can open can. them up, and it's, it's, it's your, basically it's you and your party partying by themselves. Yeah. yeah. And it's like... It's you do a limit, you find out the limit of how many people can be in a certain amount of square feet, and you can sell those rooms. Mm-hmm. And you can even sell a DJ to come in because they used to have. I remember, like in certain karaoke rooms in Asia, you can hire a DJ, you can hire all of these people. Yeah. So I think karaoke rooms can kind of turn into something. Yeah. Or like you know, everyone's kind of uh, they, they, everyone's trying anything they can. To see how they can bring in some revenue. I like how everyone's mm-hmm. bending the rules for what they want. It's like nobody's really strict about it. I mean, that's, that's fucking business, man. Business is all about who bends the rules the best, Yeah, mm-hmm. to be honest. No, I was just really curious about the shops because I have a buddy that uh, runs a shoe store out here, a very well-known shoe store, and I was kind of having a conversation with him about what phase they plan on opening. And he said that the owners agreed to do maybe phase four because 
they don't have protocols in place. Let's say, like, if you come into the store and you try on a pair of shoes, okay, like, if you don't buy the shoes, what do you do with the shoe? Do you quarantine the shoes? You can't try on shit. You can't try on a hat or a T-shirt. They don't have all those protocols in place. So it's mm. really, it's really like sticky in the gray area for like retail shops. Yeah, because they yeah. can't be Lysoling shoes. Right. And they can't do that. Like fabric and all People that, yeah. picking up shoes, looking they at them. They can't Lysol. They can't dis- dis- do nah. disinfectants for your shit. The, the Lysol probably can affect the shoe, the leather of the shoe, the color Get of the, the shoe. Fuck out of here. <laughs> but what's the difference between that and going to the grocery store and people, people still going to the grocery stores picking up vegetables and putting it back down? Well, the thing is that the, the virus can't live on actual food. Mm hmm. It can't live on like food that we intake, but it can live on plastic, cardboard, I didn't know and all that. that. No, even though, I didn't know even that. though in Africa, strawberries have been positive on the coronavirus. See, even like the food when you buy like the boxes of like rice and shit like that. It can't be. A, it's not. It can't be on food. That's all I know. Mm-hmm. Like cooked food, it can't be on cooked food. Mm-hmm. Like vegetables, yeah, but you got to wash all your vegetables either yeah, way. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. Um, the containers are the problems. Just like if you order, like maybe milk, like a container good, of milk. Yeah, but when I get groceries, I wipe down everything. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I do. Okay, so that's <laughs> the same thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, but if I get a delivery in, you, I mean, you know, you know, kind of like the procedures when you get a, a food delivery in, yeah. you're supposed to take the container and dump it into another plate. Yeah, but the food itself can't. Mm-hmm. I think it it can't hold the virus. That's what they're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you call? Are you guys? Scared about this at all? About what you're hearing about Vegas? No clubs for almost a year or two? I mean, I think we should be scared. Yeah. <laughs> I am scared. <laughs> Not scared, but a little worried and thinking of it's like, what we need might have to do. Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah, I'm really I'm really nervous because I just the unknown. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I don't know what's gonna happen. Like we're talking about stuff not opening us essentially not working for the next well, year. And this is yeah. how we get our money. Yeah. So. Would you guys be comfortable getting a nine to five? I think, uh, it, yeah, out of survival for sure. I've done it before. If I have to do it again, yeah. Call <laughs> what do you mean before? You he's going, like back, to, happened like a year he's going ago. back to Banana Republic. Shout out to episode yeah, 99. Had a nine to five in like 25 years, bro. He's going to go back to, uh, to, <laughs> cleaning, to, it, to cleaning buildings with the crackheads. Never, never the Vaughns. Ne- he's would, going back to the boogie down, bro. Never would be the worst hire for any nine to five motherfucker. Go fuck up his that? resume. <laughs> Why would you say that, man? Because you're not trained in a nine to five. Like conditioning, like to do that shit. How you know? I know. Why are you judging? Why are you judging? I'm not. T- I wouldn't either. I don't think I would be. You either. done it at one point. You can't do it. You don't think you can do it again? I think at this point, I've been working for myself for this long. I, the you, last you thing, know, you wouldn't adapt again. I could like consult or like work with people. Yeah, I mean, I could do consult that. But like what? to come, like I can consult des- design, marketing, uh-huh. production, a whole bunch of shit. Yeah. But I can't. I do that now. But no, like a nine to five. Like Would you be comfortable though, going back to a nine to five if well, you the, have to? The whole thing is this: businesses are learning more and more that they don't need to uh, open huge corporate offices anymore because everyone can work from home. Yeah, right. I mean, Twitter just announced that all their employees um, can literally work from home for the rest of their employment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, but think about that. All of this, all of these offices, all of this real estate that's going to go down mm-hmm. in New York. Especially all these people in offices in Wall Street not coming into work, right? Not all of these uh, um, toxic gases and uh, like, you know, CO2s from cars and transportation just like destroying the environment, especially in LA. Everyone working from home. Yeah. I mean, that changes the playing field altogether. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I've even seen pictures from LA of the um, environment with the smog, how much better the air quality looks right just in the last month or two 
just from people not traveling to and from work every day. I think there were chefs announcing that like tuna is back. There was a there was like a tuna was like disappearing from the oceans this. and shit. Really? <laughs> and they're start they're, they're beginning to emerge again. Wow. Oh, yeah. this is what I read. Uh, global carbon emission dropped seventeen percent since the COVID lockdowns. Yeah. Yeah. So I've even seen more insects flying in the air. Yeah. I mean, I, I know nine to five is like my brother's girlfriend. She's a storyboard artist. Mm-hmm. She worked for The Simpsons and um, uh, what's that other one? Shit. Oh fuck! You just told me American Dad. American Dad. Yeah. And she used to have to drive almost an hour and a half there and back, three hours a day. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, so three, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, imagine taking a shower, getting dressed, dealing with traffic. It's like three to four hours a day, if not. And that's a normal. More. That's a normal thing in LA. That's a well, normal yeah. Thing. I used to yeah. drive from Silver Lake to Fairfax, and it would take me about an hour going back home, and then about forty minutes going to Fairfax. It's so. exhausting. It's draining. It yeah. just like fucks up your whole week. Like you don't want to do anything. And now she's like, she's in heaven. Yeah. And I was doing that five times a week, so ten hours in a car. Yeah. And I just how's traffic been though for you, Jamie? Because you going going to LA and Vegas, you going back and forth. Uh, the the, the way over there's everything is empty. In mm-hmm. between the states and the cities. But in LA, sometimes it gets congested, which is really weird now, but it's like for five minutes. There's actually been more traffic in Vegas than in LA, to be honest, that I've been experiencing. Yeah. Well, I would never thought. Yeah, never in my life. But yeah, it gets a little bit more congested out here. I don't know if it's because um, the smaller the city mm-hmm. and less roads and shit like that but yeah I mean honestly y'all wouldn't be able to work at 9 if I, you could be able you could show up at 9 if and I then leave at 5 if yeah. I had to do it if yeah, I had I to yeah. Do yeah dude and then when you get your paycheck you'll be like yo this is <laughs> yeah, yeah but it's part of it it's like you gotta survive you gotta, you gotta do what, what you gotta, you gotta do, do. Yeah. My, my whole thing is that you have to really be self aware of what your skill sets are what your values are. Yeah, yeah, but Kirk, what if those skill sets or your values don't land right now? No. You, you got to work there with what is, you got. There, no. There, it, it's all on how you place and value yourself and how you sh- and sell yourself to whatever market you're selling yourself to. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't need to, to like, do consulting with design or marketing at all, but I, I, can, I have the knowledge to do that. Uh-huh. And there's so many companies that don't have it at all. They don't know what to do, yeah. especially now in this market with clothing and merch. A lot of these companies used to outsource overseas. That's done. Now it's all domestic production. Yeah. All, my, all my homies and everyone I know with manufacturing companies in L.A., they're swamped. Really? Because all of these clothing brands are coming to them. Yeah. are like, yo, we don't, know, we, we don't know how to make shit except overseas, and every, there's no capabilities now. So now they're, they're reworking... All of their collections to be made domestically. Yeah. Got it. So in conclusion, Crooked would not be working at your local Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just don't think it's. I, can, I don't think it's. De- I don't think it's realistic. I can't see it happening with okay. with the knowledge that never has with music, and and nightlife, and and all of this shit. For me to see him working a nine to five doing some like regular ass shit, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate that on it at all. But I feel like he wouldn't be utilizing some of his. You definitely give him that stripper talk, like you're better than this. <laughs> yeah, you deserve more. <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> Why are you a Staples Nev? Why? You're worth more than twelve dollars an hour. Yo, so the little gigs that are out there, I've been seeing motherfuckers getting live stream gigs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's, uh, the that's a new right thing. Now. That's the the new normal. Usually the it's usually with a 
a corporate sponsor or liquor sponsor behind it. Coca-Cola, Jack Daniels. Yeah, they're they're the only, yeah. Any liquor sponsor, any type of outside sponsor so that the nightclub or whatever, the DJ can get paid Mm -hmm. and get some type of... um, Revenue. Yeah, compensation. Compensation. Uh, But it seems like the little gigs that are out there are only available for one DJ. One DJ only. <laughs> give me that echo. Let me who's, give him his intro. Who's the DJ? D. Nice. And his fedoras. Are we allowed to hate on D. Nice? Not yet. Not yet. I don't know, man. Two more months. It's on the way. It's on the way. It's on the way. I don't want to hate on him, but it's just like. He's such a nice guy. Yeah, he's a nice guy. And he's so deserving of everything that's happening. Yeah. Everything he went through, but come on, we can hate a little bit, right? Nah, not yet, not yet. <laughs> Let him keep keep winning, even though like, I know motherfuckers are angry though. A lot I know of DJs are mad right now. I've met D Nice once, and he was the nicest guy in the world. Yeah, so I'm you not always gonna... talk about that too. Yo. Yeah, I met him once. We was at the Puffy party. We were watching uh, Mary J Blige perform, and he had some like he had a little thing with him, and my big ass was standing in front of this nice looking woman, and I looked back. I was like, oh here, step in front of me. And he was like, he leans over and he goes, give me the echo. He leans over and he goes, Nah, you don't get no echo for this shit. <laughs> what a hate on D-Nice. And he goes, that was pretty smooth what you did there. Respect that. Your mother raised you well. I was like, oh, shit. Okay, thanks. And then I was Thank like, you, oh, D-Nice. you're D-Nice. He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, but yeah, man. you can't hate on him. He's a nice guy. And he's just you what he You likes. really can't hate on him. When I saw him in an interview with Oprah, I wanted to. <laughs> I Look like, at this pretty motherfucker! <laughs> like God damn, man, Oprah, Oprah, <laughs> giving yeah. up the cheeks to D Nice. Yo, he just announced that he he was the what the recipient of the Webby Award. He's a Webby Award the, the winner, artist, the artist of the year, the artist of the year. The, the the, this is, we halfway. What the fuck is a Webby Award? <laughs> it's a, I remember it started like 2010, but it was mostly for like YouTubers and stuff like it's that. It's like for internet, okay? Yeah, internet, internet appearance. appearance. So he won. Yeah. He's the winner of a Webby Award. He was on Good Morning America. He did that drive-in field fest. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. For Budweiser Zero. He got on the MTV. For Budweiser. So Budweiser has a huge buzzer. No. Cut a check. Yeah, mm-hmm. Budweiser's dropping. Well, they, they roll out their new uh, Budweiser Zero. So I guess you can shake the can. You can shake it. And then when you open it, it doesn't go everywhere. And I know Budweiser has stupid money. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Not only, have the, they have, not only do they have stupid money, but they have stupid money to invest into into. Into the black uh, community. Well, that's yeah. kind of racist. They, yeah. No, no, they do. <laughs> Come on, black people don't drink Budweiser. Yes, they do. No, they do. Nah. They do drink it. Nah. They drink the tall cans. I thought that was a, a white people drink. Huh? I thought it was a white man drink. It's it's it's, it's predominantly no, known. The older, as a white older, yeah. older black, like the older black people, older, the older black drink, gentlemen, drink yeah. the, the Budweiser. But they like definitely said, want the, to the tap into the black community. They mm-hmm. definitely yeah. want. They're trying to win them all. They're trying to got do, it, got get it. Get some Budweiser soul get going on. You know, Budweiser soul glow. So the fact that D Nice is a person of color, they definitely want to put money into that. You know what I'm saying? They want to make them like that. Cole 45, like what Billy D Williams. Yeah, he's Cole 45 back in the days. Billy D Williams. But they could have done it better though. They yeah, yeah. Have <laughs> if we see, if we see D Nice in a Budweiser commercial, we got to start hating. Him. Yeah, especially That's how I was saying, they could have done right? that. Especially if he does one of those look into the camera joints, like no. like he holds the bottle like this <laughs> no. next to his face. <laughs> He's like <laughs> quarantine time. Yeah, with D Nice and Budweiser. <laughs> yeah, make sure you watch this shit on. It's YouTube. quarantine, but it ain't club quarantine without Budweiser. <laughs> I can see that shit. It's a not party complete. ain't a party. We without. can start hating that. <laughs> go, 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 go. A party ain't a party without Bud. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him D nice sent you. So, 
So wait, he, he, has a, he has a weekly MTV the MTV, party. yeah, MTV clubs. MTV club party. Club party, yeah. Right. Segment, whatever. He was in Vanity Fair. He had the Oprah interview. He He's in the New York Times. He's he in the New York Times. Times. Good morning, America. Good morning. Yeah, I said that. Okay. And then NASA's going to fly him to the moon. Yeah, they're going to fly him to the moon. <laughs> He's going to be the first DJ to DJ in the moon. He's going to chat to me, Armstrong, for giving me this gig. One small step for man, one new step <laughs> for a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> Elon Musk is building a shuttle right now. For the DJ booth. With the DJ booth in it. And then he has a game coming out on PS5. On PS5, right? you can dress him up. It's like Grand Theft Auto, but it's D9. It's like Grand Theft Auto slash Guitar Hero, but yeah. DJ. DJ version. He changes yeah. fedoras every, every time you go to another level. So he, it's he like a different fedora. It's Honestly, like, have you ever seen a DJ win this much? Not like, like this in, in, in this sort of not, amount of time. Yeah. Not on. like overnight. Not like this, man. Well, man I don't know, man. I think it's if, because... If you knew D-Nice, like if I was D-Nice mm-hmm. and I walked into a room, you guys have every right to ignore me, no? Like just be like, yo, go fuck yourself. No. <laughs> I'm not a hater that much. <laughs> I'll give you your props. You be like, this motherfucker, man. This motherfucker. What would you oh, going to say? Like, yo, how was Oprah? Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't relate to that, bro. Sorry. Yeah. How, how you feel? I just moved in with my moms. Like, I, 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 lo- I lost all my gigs. I had to move back home with moms. You, you, you doing? doing good? Are you doing D? And he's talking about Life his is good. fucking Life is good, man. a million huh? people in his IG live. I couldn't even have dinner with that motherfucker. With him really? talking about everything that's going on. Well, you'd be pissed, right? I'd throw my fork down. <laughs> <laughs> Can any, any DJ ever wear a fedora hat now? It's kind of like gone. That's just I mean, I think like Cassidy was like, the guy, yeah, but I mean, D-Nice just took his crown. D-Nice kind of just, I know, Cassidy got to kind of be a little, you got to be a little, a little mad, tight, right? a little tight. That was his uniform, a little tight, that was, that was, his, uniform. That was his lane. Oh. The blazer, damn, D-Nice took the blazer and the fucking fedora hat from other DJs. D-Nice is basically the Jeff Bezos of DJ, <laughs> yeah, Bezos, <laughs> not Bezos, D- Bezos. Is it Bezos? Yeah, B- Bezos sounds better, Bezos, because it sounds like weasel. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta we gotta start calling D nice Amazon from now on. Man. You what seen up, Amazon? Amazon? You seen Amazon? Yeah. And I, Amazon? That motherfucker <laughs> is killing the game. I've never seen any motherfucker win that hard. Me yeah. either, man. Right? Especially when come to DJ. Yeah. Not at all, man. He's a Drake of DJ right now. He's winning harder than like fucking Michael. Who was uh, the, who Michael was Jordan? The, before this? Who was like the Michael biggest Jordan. DJ in the world before this shit started? No, no, no. I mean, like even house DJ, like like uh, Oakenfold. Yeah, like a, a no, Tiesto. No, like a Tiesto or uh, a Calvin Diplo. Harris. Calvin Harris. Calvin Harris. Yeah, he's yeah. like, two fuck all new guys. It's like all about D-Nice right now. Man. Yeah, he's huge. He's yeah. the biggest DJ in the world. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, by far. Yeah. The craziest thing before this, I didn't I didn't know anything of his background outside of like being a DJ in the 2000s. Like I didn't know anything like... Well, Nev, I, Nev, Nev, Nev grew up with D-Nice in the Bronx. They used to rob... <laughs> <laughs> He used to live around the block, man. Yeah, nah, y'all, used to, not, y'all used to rob motherfuckers with Swiss Beats, right? Y'all used to go to Yonkers. <laughs> Damn. I used to love hearing with the, with the stories about DMX, DMX and Swiss Beats just robbing motherfuckers. They would just stick up kids in Yonkers. I know. I was actually going to ask Nev, like, what what, what was uh, his role in Boogie Down Productions? Because it seemed like he was like young kid around that time. He was huh? like, I mean, he was down with them. It was like him, Karis One, Scott Levac, and he was just he was just like, oh, I'm always down with them. He was and the DJ. He was just a DJ? But Scott Levac was the DJ. Mm. But he, they just let him like tag along, hang out with them. So he was like part so of the So he was never production. like the dancer or the hype man? He was just like part of the crew. Oh. But he was young though, right? He was young. He was like the youngest of... He was like 14 or 15 at the time. Damn. 
So yeah, Fun. he was like he was trying to get he was trying to rap and stuff like that, but at the time he wasn't really doing nothing. He was just hanging out with Boogie Down Production. But he was he was kind of like the young motherfucker, but he was like the the pretty boy, like because all oh, the, all like, the shorties loved him. I mean, yeah. it yeah. makes sense for my story now. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I feel like you kind of needed D Nice there because of like Karis one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fucked up, man. <laughs> So he's someone to pull the chicks. <laughs> now, yeah. when did you meet D Nice? When you when you start growing up with him? Yeah, he's exaggerating. I oh, he never grew up with him. Nah, he's lying. They used to rob motherfuckers. <laughs> in the I believe that. I was like, nah. I, I hang out with Neville going home <laughs> when I'm driving. I never mentioned this shit. They used nah, to steal man. cars. They used to rob motherfuckers on the trains and shit. Was he far from your neighborhood or around your neighborhood? I mean, it was like not that far, but it was like maybe a good 25, 20 oh, minutes okay. away cool, from cool, cool. the projects I grew up at. Uh, what do you call it? Grew up. My name is D Nice. His solo shit, right? Yeah, that was like later on. That was in what year? Nineteen ninety. And then when did the South Bronx come out? Like eighty six. Eighty six. Eighty six. Eighty seven. All right. So when my name is D Nice came out, how old was he? Like nineteen, eighteen? He had to be like twenty. Twenty. Yeah. That's crazy. And yeah. then BDP kind of broke up, but they stayed together. Like when Scott LaRock passed away, rest in peace. After Scott LaRock um, passed away, they kept the name going, Boogie Down Production. It wasn't until like maybe after three albums later, Karis One just decided to like go solo. Go solo. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And then what was his first solo joint? A Return of the Boom Bap. Okay. Remember? That yeah, that was the first Karis One album. I thought yeah. Out of Here was on the album before that. It had Sound of the Police. It had all of those. Okay, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Remember so that? that? So that was definitely the first Karis One solo album. That was the first one. Where yeah. he left the Boogie Down production name behind and just started using Karis One. See, I've, in my head, I thought they broke up when Scott Larratt passed away. They kept the name going. How did they actually, D-Nice was the DJ. And when Scott, Scott Larratt passed. passed. Yeah, uh, uh-huh. yeah. Because you remember, you saw the movie, um, I'm Gonna Get You Sucker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, Boogie Down Productions was in the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. And D-Nice had the turntables around his neck. Yeah, because I always loved, I loved, um, I always thought that was cool at the time. I was mad young, but I thought it was cool that D-Nice had this like mobile DJ set up. Yeah. Of course you did. Jamie, you see that movie? I never saw it. Never, never. What? I never seen it. Now we're going to have a movie night, guys. (laughs) Wait, you never seen I'm Gonna Get You Sucker? I swear. That's what Keenan Ivory Wayne Yeah. You don't know what you missing, I know the movie, but I've never seen it. When did that come out? 89? Oh, I was born that year, guys. I, 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 I may have like cried. Really? I was laughing so much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Yeah. yeah it's man. fucking oh. hilarious. Yo, man. is uh it's basically that dude is Robert Townsend in there? He's no. not in there, no. No. But it's it, oh, okay. that whole movie is a satire on like black exploitation movies from yeah. the seventies. Yeah. Is there a scene where a dude had like, an afro and it like dried up? No, that was um Robert Townsend's um Hollywood, Hollywood Shuffle. Shuffle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. But yeah, I never seen I never seen that movie, man. Yeah, so like he became the DJ when Scott Lark passed. Yeah, how mm-hmm. did he pass? Did he like health issues or who Scott Lark? Yeah, you uh, don't know how Scott Lark passed? No, oh, bro, I'm shit. telling you, I don't know anything. He got, he got this shot. Is like he got shot in the head. He got shot in the head. Yeah, it's like what fucking the fuck? sad. It was like some shit went down with with D Nice and some guys in um I forgot what projects it was, but he got jumped. He calls, um, but it was over a girl, right? It was some chick, yeah. Damn, that sucks. So he called Scott. Le- well, he called Karis when Scott Levac like, "Yo, this shit just went down, whatever." For like backup, and it was like, "Yo, yeah, we homies. coming to get you." We, so they went to the projects to look for D Nice to get him. They got it, and they was looking around to see who jumped him. They went to confront the guys that did it, mm-hmm. and then one thing led to another, and then one of the guys from Boogie Down Production, um, Robocop, he got into a fight with one of the kids in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So after that went down, somebody ran to the roof and started shooting at them. Shit. So they came where well, they they got they drove in their jeep. That's how they got there. So when they started shooting, they went back 
got they back in the Jeep, the yeah. and they drove off. And they didn't realize um, Scott LaRock got hit until like later on. They looked and saw that he was like slouched down and that he had a bullet in the head. Damn, Damn fuck, that's crazy. And Scott LaRock was Karasone's brother, right? No. Was it? No. Okay. <laughs> he said, I, I feel like when they first met, he was, Scott LaRock was a counselor at a, um, a homeless shelter and Karis One was homeless at the time. Oh, wow. And Shit, they, that's how they hooked crazy. up. This is good history. I never yeah. knew about this show. I thought they were brothers for some reason. No. That's fucking, that's, it's one of the saddest stories. Like, he was probably one of the first DJs that passed, right? Kind of one of them. Because everyone yeah, would be like, rest there. in peace, Scott LaRock. Kind of up there, yeah. Yeah, everyone would and just then, acknowledge him as one of the DJs that passed. Yeah. And, and then at the time, um, the Criminal Minded album had just came out. Mm. They wasn't even signed to Jive Records yet. Oh, wow. Damn. So they didn't really blow up. Well, they got their names out there right after Scott LaRock passed. Damn, man. Fucking crazy, man. I feel like most people on the West Coast don't know that story, let alone know that D-Nice was a part of BDP. Yeah. Then, I mean, BDP's catalog, and people don't talk about it, Enough is mm-hmm. probably one of the best catalogs from the eighties. Really? It's got to oh, be up there, yeah. Eighties the and going into the nineties. Yeah, Karis won solo career in the nineties, especially with Return of the Boom Bap. That shit. Step into the. Um, That's when he first worked with Premier and all of these outside mm-hmm. producers. He was uh-huh. just killing the shit. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, he used to do all his productions himself. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, they were like one of the top eighties. I would say I would put them in the top ten. Like eighties group, top five, man. Top five, yeah. Eighties <laughs> yeah. group, just hip hop or hip-hop, just hip hop, hip hop, hip hop. I thought in general, I was about to say fuck. Nah, no, not general. Yeah, <laughs> just, just like hip hop. We never hear about this shit. Yeah, it's like NWA. Wow, you you put them top five? Yeah, really? Well, I'm, maybe because I'm from the Bronx and they're from the Bronx. Yeah, yeah. and he grew up with them. <laughs> but right, now, tough. now I'm curious. What's your top five eighties hip hop hip hop music artists or whatever acts? I have to. Um, I can tell you, Run DMC. Yeah. I definitely. can't tell you off the top of the head. Well, just I'm, definitely, I'm not gonna we're not I'm not gonna hold you to like what you say. Okay, Run DMC, Beastie Boys, Big Daddy Kane, Boogie Down Production, and everybody about Kim. There you go. All right, that That's makes a sense. solid yeah. ass list. Yeah. yeah, no NWA in that list. You you wouldn't no. put LL in there? Huh? You wouldn't put LL in there? He'll probably be number six. Yeah. What about right Slick Rick? He'll be in the top ten. Really? Slick yeah. Rick. Ooh. I mean, there's names I didn't name like Public Enemy. That's true. true. Oh man! Damn, Bismarcky. Oh yeah, Bi- oh man. You, you say put you said Kane? Did you say Kane? I said Kane. 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 Hell yeah. I, I, I to, I've been waiting to talk about this shit with y'all. Me too. I've been avoiding. <laughs> I've been avoiding any conversations. I want to really deep dive into this shit. All right, go ahead. And you know Shoot. I'm not a sports dude, but I yeah. was a sports dude in the '90s. Well, you you just recently caught up to you caught up to all the fucking episodes because you didn't start it when everyone started. Nah, you binge watched it. Yeah, yeah, pretty which much. is good. That's smart. Which is good because yeah. I was waiting every Sunday for the last five weeks. I know, <laughs> yeah, man, that was tough. Nah, I watched them all in the first week. But Jamie, you sent us like one through eight. <laughs> yeah, in the and first then week. I, and I after the eight one, that was it. But they was like, no, we got there's a nine and well, ten. You, you like, know what? <laughs> originally, it was supposed to be eight. And oh, I think by I was reading something saying that because it got so popular and because they uh, because of everything going on with no sports, they added nine oh, and ten. Oh no wonder! So nine and ten was actually being recorded when they started episode one. Oh wow! On, uh, and be, it was all being oh, no wonder recorded they get and that. edited. Um, so originally it was supposed to be eight, and then they oh, extended okay. it to ten. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get those nine and ten episodes, but yeah, no, I started the first week. It came out, I saw one through eight, and then I had to wait till this past weekend to finish it off. I think it's funny because everyone keeps talking about Jordan, like this is a Jordan documentary, uh-huh. and it was a Bulls documentary, yeah, in agree. my opinion. 
It was. It was just narrated by Jordan. It was more of a Phil Jackson documentary, if you really want to get into it. No. No, nah, it was I, more Jordan. I think it was, a, it was a Bulls documentary, but obviously Jordan was the main you know, focus. The, the, main, the main bull. Yeah. The yeah. main bull. <laughs> the, main bull the, the guys that uh, filmed everything, they had over 500 hours yeah. of uh, footage, which is, I mean, that's incredible. <laughs> Actually, what we only got 10. What, <laughs> Jesus Christ. What, what motivated me to watch it was I was talking with Ross One, and he knows the director. Oh, okay. And he actually um, sort of flex. Well, he, well no, here's a, he has a, here's a, actually a pretty cool story. Uh, at one point, they sampled um, "Fuck" the LL song. Yes, at one point they sampled "I'm Bad," uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was probably like one of the best scenes, right? When Jordan yeah. was coming out Ep- and they were playing two. "I'm Bad." Yeah, but there's no "I'm Bad" instrumentals. So uh, the director hit up Ross One, like, "Can you can you find me the uh, the instrumental?" Uh-huh. And Ross was like, "I can't." There is no instrumental. Like there's there nothing. There was no instrumental in the twelve inch. Nah. And then they were like, he's like, but here's what they sampled, and see if you can find a producer to recreate it. Mm-hmm. So they actually found a reproduce a producer to recreate that beat. Wow. From I the sample. You couldn't even tell the difference. I didn't know that. Yeah. They sound crispier. Yeah. I mean, like you could fucking tell. Shut up. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded better. Yo, but I ain't gonna lie. Like that's he's a sound. Like he's a sound aficionado. I'm a sound. Yeah, I'm a sound engineer. Fuck when I when I saw that scene, I like that music was just so perfect. Yeah, like it was like Jordan's coming out party. Well, all the but, music in that whole. But you know what's so funny? Perfect, you know, right? Jordan wasn't a, a fan of hip hop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we heard that That's the all irony. about that. That's the story. What were you telling me about the Kenny Lattimore shit? There was a scene in the, um, on the show where he was like bobbing his head on the bus, and someone was like, "Yo, what's that you listening to?" Well, that's a new Kenny Lattimore joint, man. Y'all don't got this. He gave this to me personally. It's not even out yet. yet. It's It's not even out yet. yet. And he's like, he's like really going off. Yeah, he was bobbing like he was listening to a hard hip hop. Exactly, man. And for him to say Kenny Lattimore was just I bet you Kenny Lattimore album sale is going to go up this week just because of that scene. Kenny Kenny Lattimore is like the Kenny G of R&B. But they were saying he was a huge uh, Anita Baker fan also. He would listen to a lot of Anita Baker before games. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking hilarious. That's crazy. <laughs> Actually, I wanted to ask y'all uh, a couple questions because there were so many characters and there was everyone everyone had like such an important role. Yeah. Uh, a positive role and a negative role yeah. in the whole thing. And I couldn't help but think about my life experience and like in business and in my personal life. Uh-huh. How all of these people in during in the documentary they still transcended to like certain people in my life as well. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know who you guys related to the most in that whole documentary. Ooh. I kind of related to Pippin. You did? <laughs> yeah. Why do you say that? I mean, he was like, I don't know. He just, I feel bad for him because he wasn't getting the recognition he deserved to get. Yeah. And he, he was playing just as good as Jordan. Of course, he shouldn't be making as much as Jordan, but yeah, it was like, the, the sixth man was making more than him. Mm-hmm. Or the Chicago Shit, the eighth, the ninth man was yeah, making exactly, more than him. He was 122nd paid, like worst paid athlete. Yeah, man. During that time. Yeah. yeah. He was the number two player overall. Yeah. Actually, I thought Pippen really, he angered me a lot. In what way? Why? In a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number one, not knowing his self-worth, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan always had belief in his his abilities and his talents. And I think Pippen went the safe way. Mm-hmm. And if you go the safe way, you pay for it. Yeah. And he would be in interviews. When, when they're interviewing him, he's like, you know, my day will come. I'm cool with what I, what I have. Yeah. Obviously, he wasn't, but he kept saying that shit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And he just never communicated anything. He never communicated that he wasn't happy with that pay. He never communicated that he wanted more. That's true, yeah. He never did anything. He kept it to himself. And then when it exploded, he let the team down and it was like completely selfish. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So he became the team's weakest link at some of like the most pivotal moments of the team's history. Are you talking about that time where he sat out, that last shot? Yes. And then yeah. also I mean, just... I feel like that even, was the only time though that he... Nah, he when he chose to take the surgery later. Yeah. Not, not caring... Not, he take... He chose to take that. I don't know what surgery it was. It was a he ACL. Had a knee surgery. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he could have taken that knee surgery during the during summer. During the summer time, yeah. He decided to like literally torture the team mm-hmm. by sitting out for multiple months, and then have them like have them have to deal with him and Jerry Kraus going back and forth in the bus, yeah, and just creating this negative energy everywhere. Yeah, and for me, I'm like, yo, that's so selfish. Number one. And it's just like, it's just pride, yo. Yeah. And I fucking hate proud motherfuckers who just like, who do stupid shit like that to yeah. me. It really got me angry. To because your... in the end, it's like, no matter how much of an asshole Jordan was, it was for the good of the team. Yeah. It was for the, like, if he was up your ass, it was for the good of you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He wanted to win no matter what. Yeah. And here's a dude who's the nicest dude, but he let the team down. To me, he let the team down the most. Yeah, I think to your first point, we, when you say realizing his self-worth, yeah, I agree with you. And I think that especially like us being all minorities, yeah, sometimes we downvalue our self-worth. And I think sometimes we're just happy to be there. And I think him coming from a really, really small town, poor coming family. from a poor family, poor, yes. mm-hmm. he, his, he probably didn't What's even it? have NBA aspirations. He went to a small college in central Arkansas. Mm-hmm. He was just happy to be in the NBA. And I think him just ha- being a part of the club, he was happy in that role. And then he didn't even realize what his worth was, but others did, like Jordan and Phil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that hurt him by signing that contract. He had a, what it was a 17, 18 million over seven years. Yeah. That's crazy. Two million a year, basically. Yeah, two million a year, where you got dudes that are not even half as good as you making double the money. So that was, that was his bad for signing that deal, but he didn't realize his self worth. And then I think the second part, Jerry Krause and the owner, should never have um when Jordan decided to go, decided to retire and he was the man, they should have at least at least treated him like the man instead of like treating you like you're kinda like the temporary solution. Yep. And I yeah. think that caused huge animosity and he like you said, he was not the vocal type, so his outburst came in the worst possible times. Right. That and that was shot, yeah, yeah, the last shot when he didn't do the knee surgery. And you can even tell like when Jordan was mentioning in ninety when he kind of didn't really believe he had a migraine. Do you remember that part? Mm-hmm. He had a migraine headache against the Pistons. Yeah. And Jordan was like, oh, if he has a migraine, he has a migraine. It was like almost Jordan didn't believe he had a migraine because mm-hmm. I think Pippen said he went blind, he couldn't see, so he missed game seven and he ended up losing, which would have sent him to the finals in 90. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So all those things, I almost felt sorry for him, but in a way, even in the midst of feeling sorry, you still don't, in the heat of the battle, you don't let your team down. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I agree with Crooked on that <clears throat> that instance because it's just like you're in the heat of the battle, you got guys fighting for you, battling y'all in war together. You don't just cop out. And it, I think he's better than that. And I think he probably really regrets that decision to this day and it probably haunts him. But I think it's one of those things that too, like maybe Jordan and and some of the teammates could have talked to the franchise and to big them up. We definitely Jordan. No, no, to, Jordan I mean, Jordan could have done it. Done to, it. 
Jordan to, calling him selfish was kind of crazy. To renegotiate his contract. Like, if, yeah. if, you, don't, if you don't up Pippen's money, I'm not coming back. Yeah. Because at a certain point, he said his contract is up, and he was, his contracts were getting renewed yearly. Yeah. 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 So at that point, he could have done something with Pippen. But we all grown men and shit, honestly. Like, well, think about this. Yeah. How crazy is it that the, the two years Jordan was gone, uh-huh. he was still getting paid by the Bulls. So Jordan, even in retirement, was still making more money than Pippen. Yep. Crazy. <laughs> he was playing because the owner of the Bulls was also the owner of the Chicago White Sox. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I, he decided to keep Jordan's salary going because he had made so much money and he was vastly underpaid. So if you know Jordan's underpaid, you have to know Pippen's underpaid too. Way underpaid. And fix it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I think it was just on both hands, but I think Pippen just, he kind of handled it poorly, but I give Phil Jackson credit for him being able to navigate all those personalities. Fuck. Never, you had a question about that retirement shit, right? Yeah, man. I feel, I never even thought about this until I seen the um, Last Dance. When um, the first time Jordan retired, it was in the middle of like all this shit was going down. His father had just got killed. He was dealing with the gambling. The, the, um, the NBA was looking into his gambling. Uh-huh. Cause they thought maybe he might have done some illegal shit. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, he Jordan's like, yo, I'm going to retire from the NBA. I'm gonna play baseball, but he said it was it was planned but, with his father though. But I'm thinking, but you, you got to think now. It's like maybe he got suspended from the NBA because of everything that was going on. Maybe they found something illegal that he was doing with the gambling, and it was like they didn't want to like make a big deal out of it. So maybe they was like, you know what, Jordan, instead of you getting suspended, why don't you say you're gonna retire, and maybe you could do something else on the side while while you actually are being suspended. <laughs> But didn't they explain also in the documentary that the commissioner would never allow that? Oh, yeah, of course they're gonna say because, that. Yeah, because Jordan was so important to the whole, to the franchise. Yeah, that- I know. but here's the thing: it's like he he did the baseball thing, and then out of nowhere he just like, "Yo, I'm gonna come back and play the, for the NBA." <laughs> That's crazy. In the middle of the not even the middle, like towards the end of the season when the playoffs are about to happen. Well, it kind of makes sense because they were kind of losing. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And, and for him, uh, he was just kind of like, I can, I, I know how to motivate these dudes, and I need I just, to come back. Uh, I feel yeah. like it was like the suspension was over with. That it was time for him to come back. I don't and think- Jamie knows, like baseball had just went on strike, right? Yeah. Yep. So he was like, Yo, baseball's on strike. I have nothing to do. He's like, I might as well go back and help these motherfuckers out. Mm-hmm. And I just think honestly, like that's the thing with to me with Jordan, he was almost like this god who needed a reason to do anything he did. So yeah. he found any reason he could. He was like, whether it be petty or significant, like his father, like if, like his father on Father's Day is inspiration. That's motivation. Yeah. But mm-hmm. if you were talking shit or gave him a bad look at Duh. a restaurant, that <laughs> yeah. was motivation. Bro, he Do you made up shit. He Everything up was shit. motivating. Like even when Karl Malone won the um, MVP. No, but I, I that thought, motivated him to win that championship. No, it no. was so nuts <laughs> that when he said that one of the players from the Bullets was like, "Yo, nice game, MJ." That he took that and that was his, his motivation to kill them off the next night. I, don't yeah. you think it's like kind of like a god who has all this power? Yeah. And he doesn't unleash the power unless someone tests him. Yeah. But that's he, how I looked at it. Like he doesn't have any he doesn't have any motivation. He knows he's the best. Yeah. He knows So he has he, to create motivation. So he has to create <laughs> these these like fictitious motivations in his head. Yeah. Kind of crazy. To to tell him like, all right, now I gotta turn it on. Now like you asked for it. I love the pettiness. Like yeah. the Jordan pettiness. That's great. <laughs> it's yeah. so good. Like when he was talking about Gary Payton, like just disregarding that Gary Payton. That was hilarious. Gary Payton is one of the all-time great defenders. He's like, 
I wasn't worried about him. And he, like, Gary Payton was serious when he was yeah, saying that he shit. was heartfelt. <laughs> wait, Jordan wait. was just laughing at Gary, him. Gary Payton was saying that he figured Jordan out. Yeah, he was like, "What tire in, him in out? the finals?" He's like, "You." He's like, "I figured him out. You just got to tire him out." And then Jordan was looking at that footage, laughing, laughing, and he went, "The glove." He yeah. said, "The glove." <laughs> he goes, "I didn't have no problem with the glove." I was like, "God like, damn!" He didn't even address him by his name. The, the glove. glove. <laughs> uh, I actually wanted to go back really fast. You guys really thought that it would be more of an impact if Jordan kept playing those two years than him retiring uh, and then coming back. You you don't think the commissioner saw more worth of him leaving and then coming back than no. just staying? No. You know what? Maybe they was thinking who they was, that, they who was tired of Jordan. They, maybe they was tired of him winning. They was like, damn, this dude, he's going to like win another championship. Let another team have a chance. They would never think like that. I don't know. I was thinking if, if no, someone's no, I don't winning, think that one. If, dude, when even the opposing team made money off of Jordan. Oh, yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, when he visited other cities and other arenas, they sold out. Yeah. They raised the ticket prices no, on shit. I, there is no reason for him but, to be out of the game because everybody makes yeah. money. But it's uh. better when you pull no, who the wants, attraction. Dude, if you own then, a business, if you own a business, are you going to say, I'm going to let him take a break so I can have my revenue drop for the next two years or five? And I'll just wait for him to come back. But the impact. He of might, him, but he wasn't the only superstar in the NBA. The, he might get injured. He might get injured. And then he they, might they not. were still releasing sneakers when he was yeah, retired. But they released <laughs> too. The impact of him coming back was far greater yeah, than man. him winning another. Yeah, but you say that now after 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 scenarios been rolled out, you can't say that now. No one would take that gamble now. No yeah. one would take that out. And everyone's saying if that the baseball strike didn't happen, he would have been an amazing baseball player. Oh, yeah. No, they were saying he was a horrible player. No, at first, and then he started, like, excelling. Nah, he, he, never, started, he, he wouldn't have gotten any better, man. They did. They, they just yeah. said that on the thing. He could have hit, hit, he, he hit no sliders, bro. He started I off remember with a, them shits when he was playing baseball. <laughs> it was, he was no, horrible. No, no, no. no they, in the beginning, he was really bad. Mm-hmm. But later on, they were saying he was excelling he, he was, so fast. Yeah. They would say that on the, the minor league opposite. Coach. He was starting great, and then no. he started going. Because bad. idiots. James, no, no, Jamie's right. He started off. He had yeah, a thirteen. He had a, he had a thirteen Don't game look. hitting streak, and then he they started hitting him with sliders and curveballs. He, he wasn't he getting better. Out. He couldn't hit no cutters and no sliders, yeah. bro. Yeah. No. They made a he joke wasn't getting better, man. Trust me. They made that joke on Space Jam. The catcher was like, "Here comes a slider." He goes, yeah, I told you it was a fucking slide. Why did you strike on that? But they said he was working on no, that No, no, yeah, he would have made it to them. He was working leagues. on it. Oh, he would have got it. better. Yes, Crooked, of course. He would have got better. Yeah. It's Michael Jordan. But, but he wasn't but at that moment when he stopped. He wasn't that good. No. no. He but was, was going what was the minor league manager's name? Francona? He was from the Barons. Uh, yeah. He ended up coaching the Boston Red Sox. And he that was the guy that said like he would have found a way to make it to the major leagues. No, he would have. Yeah, you're right, Crooked. He would have been better. Yes. But he started out great. How long was he in the minors? A year and a, year and a half. half. Yeah, fifteen but, months, dude. You got to give him time to, to like. But he played baseball before basketball. Yeah, but it's like they yeah, said, it, it, it takes a different conditioning, fitness wise. He had to change and recondition himself. His body, and mm-hmm. then when he went back to basketball, he had to recondition again. You know? Yeah, because you know even saying? he said he would have taken him at least what fifteen hundred at bats to kind of like really see where he's at. Because yeah. he struck out two hundred. I just times. think motherfuckers like mm-hmm. really like, honestly like. For a bas- for a basketball player to position to baseball like that, yeah, I think like a year and a half is nothing yeah, to it's me. Not. It's not. You know what I'm saying? And I think if he was doing that shit but, for five years, I think you would have seen. But no, no, you got to look at it. Also, he was a little bit older. He wasn't as young. 
going into the baseball league as like he younger was 30, players. Yeah. 31? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, he was 31. But mm-hmm. baseball, like how old, you can be oh, substantially you can play, older. You can play well into your 40s. Oh, no, you, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're in your 40s. Yeah. I mean, there's pitchers out there at 38 and still hitting yeah. you with 95. It's not yeah. like basketball or no, football. No, because no, no. yeah. no, it's a less, uh, less contact sport. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I mean, I but, thought because I do remember when he was playing baseball. When he switched to baseball, it was like he was horrible. He wasn't that yeah. good. That but, they, but also, the media was feeding off of that. He like, what is you? What are you doing? Yeah. Remember, like mm-hmm. Sports Illustrated embarrassed him. Yeah, yeah. he was mm-hmm. like, he's like, like, I'll never fuck with Sports yeah. Illustrated again. Yeah. I didn't know that until that that interview. I didn't yeah. know he he deaded Sports Illustrated interviews. I mean, yo, that dude, he yeah. see, he sees everything. And he remembers everything. <laughs> no, he's that's, a heavy that's, motherfucker. That's the one thing I, I remember about Jordan, yo. He remembers when you were against him, when you said anything, or when you said good game. Fuck. Yeah. So Nev, you relate to Pippen. I'm just saying, I understand where he was coming from. Like yeah. he should have. I think he, he deserved more than what he was getting. I, okay, the ACL knee surgery he should have done in the summer. He made it look crazy when he said, "I wanted to enjoy my summer," but yeah. See, I hate I hate motherfuckers that say I, I, some shit. That has nothing to do with what the real intention was. <laughs> his real intention wasn't I want to enjoy my summer. That it was, wasn't his intention. It was like I want to shit on I want to shit yeah. on. Yeah, like yeah. and then it's also, like and it's like, yo, like Jordan and his whole thing. And this is honestly, man, everyone calling Jordan an asshole is crazy, yo. Yeah. The shit you have to juggle, the politics, the media, your teammates, motivating your teammates, trying to win, having your teammates let you down. Like, yeah. yo, that shit is like fucked up, man. So would you say you relate most to Jordan? I related to a bunch of motherfuckers. Yeah. But I relate to Jordan just for the fact that not for, I, look, I don't always have to win. That's not really the goal of what I do. Mm-hmm. But I always try, I always put 150% in everything I do. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand motherfuckers who put less than that. Mm-hmm. That's what I don't like. Yeah. And whoever's around me, if you're around me and you know me and you know I'm going to put 150% in, you better put at least 110% in or I'm going to have an attitude with you. Yeah. That I relate to Jordan very much. Yeah. I also relate to his frustration with his teammates and having to motivate them. And cuz I've I've ran a business, I've had to train multiple people, I've had to like motivate everybody and it's a tiring thing to continuously inspire and motivate people and then motivate yourself. Yeah. It's extremely tiring and it's draining. And I and I really felt for that motherfucker. And when you're that tired and you and you're drained out, of course you don't have the energy to be kind. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And for me, I res- I under- I really really like empathize with him. Like I really felt for him. And yeah. those when everyone was like, "Yo, he's really not the nicest person," and da 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 da. Yeah, but y'all won. Yeah. And y'all play better. It's like everyone played better when he was on the on the court. Yeah. And when they trained with him, you know what I'm saying. But- but none of his players, like none of his teammates said he was like a, Steve Kerr would like talk shit. A little bit. Uh, yeah, everyone but, was like, he's not the nicest dude. Mm-hmm. And no one's gonna like talk shit, obviously, in a in a documentary about him. Yeah, yeah. But you could tell like he was torturing his Scott Burrell. Yeah, he was torturing his <laughs> fucking teammates. <laughs> you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it, it was one of those things where like, did they really understand? But they did. In the end, they're like, yo, like we this is what we gotta deal with. Yeah. And even when he was gone. And Pippen was leading the team. Everyone was like, "Yo, everything ran fine with Pippen. Like we were doing, but y'all were losing. Yeah, y'all didn't. Mm-hmm. Y'all didn't win the championship. Yeah, yo. you know what I'm saying. And he fucking turned his back on y'all. Yeah, I, he did. He throw emotion. You I feel think, what I'm saying? I think what I respect too about Jordan is that he, 
for as hard of a leader as he was and how he held people accountable, but he did leave it on the court. Like it didn't yeah. tra- it didn't follow them like when they were like just on road trips or he because even they were saying like yo like yeah we would get into it in practice but then that night we'd be in our hotel room playing cards yeah yeah like he kept it on the court and kept that shit on the court but he was cool as shit with everybody off the court and that's my shit it's I like, like that yeah that's my shit like I, if I get up your ass or if we're about to go like let's go get this money or let's like everyone shape the fuck up or like yo fix your fucking face like it's showtime. If you still are feeling some type of way afterwards, I'm like, yo, you being a little bitch. Yeah. Because I did what we have to do to get this shit done. Mm-hmm. So, like, now that it's all over, let's have a beer. Yeah. But let me tell you something. You weren't ready to get this shit done. Why the so, fuck you pointing at me for? I'm just saying. Fuck out of here. I'm just saying. Point at yourself, motherfucker. He's you. I was like, oh. I'm just saying. You weren't ready to get shit done. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, <laughs> you were going to step on the field. You were going to step on the stage. With that same face, and it's like it took me to have to have you change your shit. Yeah, you being a little bitch. If anything, you should be thanking the motherfucker that I, I had you switch your face up and wake the fuck up. Yeah, that's how I see it. Because if I had that same, if I if I was being a little bitch too, and one of y'all came up to me or someone came up to me and was like, "Yo, man, we about to go on stage. They paying us this much. There's this opportunities on the line. Why the fuck you acting like this?" Yeah. I would fix my face and I'd be like, "Yo, you right." Thanks for putting everything in perspective. Yeah. Like, yo, I'm back. I, I know what you mean. And you, I think there was some, the mastermind of Phil Jackson allowed him to have that power. Mm-hmm. And I, I respect that about Phil too, because Phil could have easily used his rank to like say like, no, I'm the coach. Let me deal with the players. But Jordan, he earned that right through mm-hmm. his play and through his dedication and his hard work to, to sun motherfuckers when needed. And I respect that about Phil Jackson because he did the same thing with Kobe and Shaq and just seeing how he took everyone's personality and just he didn't necessarily treat people the same, but he treated them equal and treated them fair. To me, like that's you could have did a whole documentary on Phil Jackson just See, on how he yep. coached the team. I think he did the opposite. I yeah. think he treated everyone individually. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that was the genius in what he did. Yeah. Uh, but as just like I, I kind of related to Jordan. When I saw Phil Jackson, I said, that's someone I wish I could be. Yeah. Because he was so calm and centered. You know what I mean? And, yeah. the, way, and the way he approached things was so spiritual. Mm-hmm. And it, he brought the spiritual element that bonded everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas Jordan kind of brought this element of like crisis. Like, yo, if you don't shape the fuck up, we're going to lose. Like a drill sergeant. Right. <laughs> Where Phil Jackson was the opposite. You mm-hmm. know, he was like, everyone write a note. And then we're gonna burn this shit afterwards, you know. Like, <laughs> Cricky wants to—he's Jordan, but he wants to become. Phil in, in my Jackson. heart, I want to be Phil Jackson, but I can't be Phil Jackson. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. In my heart, I relate more to like. Jordan. No wonder you got crystals in the background. I was watching—I was listening to an interview yesterday on a podcast, and um, they were talking about Phil Jackson and his his methods. You know, he's he's Buddhist. Yeah. yeah. His his mother was actually a, um, a missionary nurse, so she would go into like different cities and treat people, and if they knew that the person or like let's say if you have a mother or a father and you know someone's gonna die they would do these um these ceremonies to like um give a farewell to that person like maybe write them a letter or do, give a speech to them and kind of like say what you want to say to them as far as like a last gesture before they pass away mm-hmm. and he took that same strategy into the team and made everyone kind of like come together for that last year and they said like jordan gave like an amazing speech and started crying mm. But that was like his thing. He would take like outside elements and bring them in and tr- make it translate into basketball. And that was like, to me, that was like some of his genius. I, I, loved, I loved his, um, 
his fascination with like Native American history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love the way he bonded with uh, Dennis Rodman. Over that. Like he was very similar to Dennis Rodman. He was just like a hippie though. Yeah. And Dennis Rodman was just finding himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And kind of a rebel. Dennis and instead of like, yeah, instead of like <laughs> yeah. instead of like bumping heads with him and trying to control Dennis, yeah. he just kind of let him be as free as possible. That was amazing. Yeah, I, I I thought that was really touching, and I thought it was like such a mastermind to just like you're not fighting nature, yeah. you're kind of working with nature <laughs> yeah. and letting it be what it is. Because Dennis Rodman came from a fucked up situation, like his his, yeah. his shit was not good, man. Yeah. So for him to bond with him like that, he probably looked at Phil as a father figure. Like the father he never had kind of shit. Wait, who did yeah. you relate to? Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman? Because yeah. yeah. he wanted to fuck all the girls. No, no, no. Dennis Rodman in the sense that when when I'm motivated to do something, I'm all in. But I, I have these lapses where I just need to like zone out sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I, I can relate to that. Like almost like a reset. And I think that Phil allowed him to just be him in that way. Like all the other shit he was doing, like, you know. That's his thing, but I can't relate to a lot of the shit he was doing. But just in that instance, I could relate to that. And I think that even when he, like Jordan said, he went to go make sure he was all right. He caught him back out of the hotel with Carmen Electra, and he kind of wanted to test him when they were running just to see where his conditioning was at. Mm-hmm. And he said that his conditioning was superior, and that was the that was the greatness of Robin. Like he can go on a drinking binge, but when he came back, he came back ready, and he was he was ready to go. He never had to like yell or question Dennis Robbins like energy level when it came to games. Like he knew he was gonna be ready and he was gonna be on. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He had to check him in a different way, like just with the other shit. But, but like a, on the court. That's amazing that honestly that Jordan went to get him. <laughs> yeah. And then, <laughs> and then I thought it was so thoughtful that Jordan was like everybody slow slow the fuck down. Yeah. But I guess it was for him so they didn't have to run so hard. But you know what I'm saying? But, yeah. <laughs> it took him four yeah. laps. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you you were telling me earlier you kind of relate to Pippin as well. Yeah, just for the way he keeps everything bottled he keeps up. It, he keeps a lot of shit bottled in, and I think that he, in a sense, I mean, shit for for about a five year span, he wasn't just the best, the second best player on the team. He was probably the second best player in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for Jerry Krause to go searching for his replacement while he's still in his prime was crazy, and I think mentally he he became really confused mm. what his role was, and then. When Jordan left, he probably felt like I'm finally the man. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. still not happy with my money situation, but I'm finally the man. I'm finally have the team under my wing. I, he won All Star MVP that year. He was having an amazing season. They had a good, they had, they had a, a good, good season. Yeah, yeah. season. It wasn't he's, bad when he yeah. felt like <laughs> when Jordan no, wasn't there. By the way, they didn't win no, the championship. No, they did really well, but yeah. it, it they really didn't, they didn't just, get yeah. to where they, they were expecting. They was to missing something. No, 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 but they really, but when it when it came time for them to do the championship, yeah. there was something missing. Yeah. Definitely, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. But I feel like it was a lot like when when Shaq left the Lakers. Kobe was finally the man, and he prospered. Pippen had that same ability, but then it's like. You tell me I'm the man, you tell me I'm the man, but when it comes down to crunch time, you're putting the ball in the hands of another guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was the ultimate disrespect in his mind. But there was like so much, yeah, I mean, that, I thought that yeah. was so petty, yo. Yeah. To be honest. I man. thought he should have, I mean. Was sitting out? Yeah. That was emotional. That was emotional. That was emotional during the game. You're not thinking straight. And you think that's, you know, fuck that. That was I'm, some pussy but shit. But it's like, you still got to go out, right? Yeah, you, you still, still got to go, go out, out but I, I know what he was, like, why he did that shit. Nah, that's some pussy shit. shit. That's some pussy <laughs> shit. <laughs> nah, you man. never play sports. So. I know, right? I did, <laughs> so, yeah, you I did tell play. Me. No, he nah, played soccer. Soccer. I said soccer. sport. Soccer? Yeah. <laughs> 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 was that hockey and soccer? Yo, like, 
typical ignorant American can't even pronounce soccer. Sucky. And they don't even call it soccer. They football. call it football. Yeah. That's so, we, we call it soccer, man. Nah, soccer's fucking. Nah. That's a, that's that's fucking aggressive. Nah, running back and forth. And shit. I thought I thought like for <laughs> for Pippen, bro. Yes, like Kirk, that was definitely emotion and ego. No, it's you know it's one of those like that's fuck not that. that's not a part of sports, man. I mean, I I know like y'all can say like I didn't play sports, but I know like working as a team, and yeah. that's not working as a team. That's all gl- that's all glory and shit. Yeah. It was ego. It was he emotional. wanted the glory of shooting the last shot. Yeah, like suck a dick. Yeah, you know what I mean. And what did he do? He did the most pussy shit ever, yo. Yeah, he said uh, even Jordan was like he's gonna regret that. Yeah, he de- definitely, no, he does. definitely does. He does. But he no, no, does. he said on the document I would have done the same thing. To this day, like I, I think that's still like, ego. I don't yeah. know if you would do. See, same that's what thing. I'm saying. Like I hate motherfuckers like that that just say, say that shit. Like yeah. they don't mean it, but they just say that shit. I'm like, yo, shut up. Man. It's petty. It's being petty. Yeah. Being, it's I like that. Being yeah. But I did. I did love Pippen, man. I was just like, he just disappointed me so much. It was yeah. Just all his antics, yo. No, I love Pippen. I he's my. I think he's the best defender of all time. Yeah. And, and in the NBA, I like the way he was. Yeah, he took the the bad route where he. He could. He was gonna gamble, getting hurt and not getting the eighteen mil down the line. So yeah, he sold him. He sold himself short. Um, for the ACL thing, I honestly saw it as a let me fix it in the season so I can shine towards the end and I can get a better nah, contract towards the end. That's bullshit. And I not, know it was it was leverage. Yeah, yeah. but, but it, not. Get, but what was it at the cost of his other teammates? The team. But. The yeah. thing is, like, you feel me? Like, yo, like, you don't do that shit. But was his other teammates doing that for him? I mean, he was the le- the least paid fucking athlete, and he's the number two player. Well, he was yeah, number one at the time. You can't, you can't, you can't punish your teammates for your bad business decisions. Do you understand yeah. what I'm saying? Your business got nothing to do with winning games or the teams, the teams' uh, effort. But you, yeah. you, got, you guys said the shit earlier. Nah, Jordan could have done something for him down but the. But that got line. nothing to do with it. You this a grown ass last... man. You a grown ass man. You a grown ass man, and you don't even know what Jordan did or helped or what the fuck. And I know that motherfucker had shoe deals. Oh yeah, he was getting. He was getting paid. Yeah. Yeah. So then maybe he lost like maybe I don't know what what do we even gotten? 10, 20 million. Probably like 10, 15. Oh, yeah, Jordan right. was making thirty two a year. Yeah, but you can't compare the motherfucker. Like yo, if he if he doesn't have the same business, that's him. Yeah. He got to blame himself and fix that himself. Yeah. Then if if any way, if any of y'all are doing better than me and I hate y'all, that's my problem. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. If I hate on you for doing well, that's my problem. When any of y'all do well, the first thing I do is congratulate I'm like, "Yo, I'm actually inspired." Yeah. And I actually try to implement whatever whatever um I don't know, whatever strategies or whatever you you've been doing, any positive things that you've been doing, I try to implement that in my life. Yeah, you understand? The last thing I do is be like, "Why that motherfucker?" Yeah. I'd be like, "With anyone, it should be that motherfucker." Yeah. And the first thing I think about, honestly, is I got to start getting like that motherfucker. I got to start getting my energy like that. So if anything, Pippin should have been doing. I don't know, and I'm, I'm sure he was doing all he could. For me to talk about that for him like this is like, I just think some of the things he did. Is ultimate pussy bitch ass shit. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's a pussy or bitch ass, but I think what he did yeah. was completely selfish. So and there's no defending it at all. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, he should have gotten more money, but he he could have taken control of that as well. Mm-hmm. He could have taken the gamble and be like, I want to be traded, mm-hmm. I want to do whatever. There, there's way more strategies that could happen. Jordan could have helped, everyone could have helped, but in the end, he that motherfucker needs to help himself. 
Yeah. And that's honestly, that's a really toxic way to think in life in general. When you look at other people's successes and you feel you have a right to them, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have a right to any of that shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got to earn your own shit. Mm-hmm. Who did you relate to? I'm, now I'm curious. Who the fuck did you relate to? <laughs> I relate to Steve Kerr with his patience because mm-hmm. he had a lot of fucking patience dealing with Jordan, dealing with everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, him, Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman because he was just, he's fucking wild as fuck. And you wild as fuck? Well, when I play sport, <laughs> when, when I play sports, it was more like. But the contrary, contrary, the contrary, Dennis Rodman was really an introvert. Yeah. And that too. Yeah. Like, you, when you say wild as fuck, you mean that he put his life on the line to help the team. Like he would just run, run into the stands. Oh, he yeah. would He would like, he Head wasn't, first. he wasn't, he didn't care about his physical. Because I would do that for my team. Like run to the run through the wall for you. You've never done any of that for any of us ever. <laughs> okay. He said run to the wall for us. Run through the wall. I mean, if y'all feel like that, then yeah, but um, I'm fucking with you, man. I mean, I mean that's how Have you ever seen him running the wall for us at all? No. No. But like I'm saying, if it was a big crowd and we had to get through, I'm confident that Jamie would just bulldoze. I've never even seen him do a light jog for me, to be honest, man. (laughs) Y'all just went six miles. Y'all was on six miles on the strip. I walked six miles with this motherfucker, but yeah. 97 degree weather. Um, But nah, like, yeah. Like do that, do the extreme for your for your for your team. Yeah, I see that. Now, Steve, so Steve Kerr's that. Steve Kerr's story was kind of crazy. I didn't know about his pops and like you know the shit. No, nah, Steve Kerr yeah. put up he put up with a lot of shit. Yeah, he put up with a lot the patience, the not blowing up. But there's that certain point where he blew the fuck up. I kind of liked that he stood up to Jordan. That was kind of dope. Yeah, but like you know, and he said like, "Yo, guy. I wasn't the best, but I put in my fucking effort." Like yeah. I wasn't fucking Jordan, but when it was the ball was thrown to me and the last shot was need to be made, I'm doing that. Yeah, and relating him to Paxton was pretty fucking. That he was he was a new Paxton in a yeah, sense for sure. And yeah, and Dennis Rodman was just he he would do outlandish shit. He would go on his binges, but when it was time for his team, it was time for his team. Yeah, and that's how I look at it. Yeah. Those two, I I just I like Pippen's story, but uh, definitely bad choices mm. he made as mm. a player. He was good. I mean, I think that's I think that's what it comes down to. Choices is bad. Yeah. I think in life, it's just all about choices. Yeah, and but, I think just Pippen made the bad choice, the worst choices. Yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. and then learning that but he had a tough break. Like he had growing up, he had his father wound up in a wheelchair. Yeah, along also his brother was something happened to his brother. And he wound up in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Imagine yeah. being in a household, you got like two. There's a lot of pressure. Siblings. It's like, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's a, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a, a lot. lot. And it's like, fuck, it's the only chance I'm going to get a multi million dollar contract. I got to secure for the greater good yeah. and take care of these people. Mm-hmm. Bad, bad business in a sense, but it's not bad business. The the whole thing is. Yo, that, you just said that shit no, no, five no, minutes it is, ago. It is bad business, <laughs> but when you look at it from. From the early on perspective of the contract, mm. it made sense for what he did. He oh, just yeah. shouldn't have signed that long of a contract. Definitely yeah. would have got a shorter and contract. He played that contract, but maybe yeah, he didn't think he mind. would be where no. he's at. Well, he exactly. got able to get but to the, but, in the NBA. But that's what I'm saying is that you bringing up what he is like that comes from a, gr- a background of not taking risks, mm-hmm. right? You can't yeah. afford to take risks yeah. because everyone is counting on you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's so many people. Your family. Right, mm-hmm. all your siblings, everyone's yeah. counting on you, and I can't take a risk. Yeah, but at some point, you got to know your value, mm-hmm. and you have to take control of that. Mm-hmm. And there's many p- 
plenty of outlets for him to have found help and yeah. to have gotten that done. The the, the ACL, mm-hmm. like yeah. the way I was telling the way I saw the ACL was more so, let me not fix it in the summer because there's more of a chance me getting injured during the season. And then my contract is set up for a negotiation coming up. So let me take, fuck it, I'm already getting paid $2 million or whatever. Let me eat up some of that season, come back stronger, finish out with my team, and then get that fucking spurge, like that next contract that's fucking outrageous. That's how I saw it. The way he put it, he said, I want to enjoy my summer, was kind of wild. He was being hella condescending. Yeah, (laughs) but I think it was more so on the, let me fix it during the season, less chance of getting hurt top of the season, and then his contract being wild slim for the next uh, for the next team he was playing, or with the Bulls. I'm actually disappointed that they, uh, the documentary didn't talk about Pippen's uh, long stroke game. <laughs> with the, the whole, the whole uh, Madonna shit? Yeah, the Madonna shit. Wait, wait, wait. Before we move on, let's give Dennis Rodman his fucking props. He fucking dated Madonna. Mm-hmm. He dated Carmel. Did he marry Madonna? He think he did. No, he didn't. He married himself. He married, Car- he married himself. He married Carmen Electra. He became a three t- was it four-time? On a five-time NBA championship Mm -hmm. champion, he was a fucking wrestler with Hulk Hogan and won the tag team championship. He fucking befriended uh, the North Korea um, King Kim Jong Un. Yeah, like his life is pretty nuts. It is pretty nuts. That's a goat stat, (laughs) dude. And his his uh, they did a thirty for thirty on the Pistons. His daughter is like an Olympic soccer player. Oh wow! And his son plays right now basketball at Washington State. Like, his kids are, like, Wait, superstar athletes. So, break this down. Who was smashing Madonna first? He was. So, no, it was Rodman, and then Jordan, and then Pippen. No. Yeah. Was it? I thought it was Pippen first. No, because they said No, that Jordan didn't smash. He wanted to. No, I heard he smashed. He did. Oh. No, Pippen dated her right after he left the Pistons, and that was before he got to the Bulls. No, no, Rodman, no, no. said. Oh, Rodman. yeah. Rodman, I'm sorry. And he was in San Antonio. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Madonna was smashing Pippen first, and then she went down the line to Jordan, and then Pippen. Well, you're mixing oh, up the names. Jesus Dennis, Christ. She dated Dennis Rodman first when, she, when he was in San Antonio. Then she smashed Jordan, and then Pippen was the last and one. And in between all that, she managed to smash Tupac. <laughs> Did she smash yeah. Tupac? Yeah. And Tupac. Jesus yeah. Yo, what a the goat. fucking... Didn't, didn't, wait, wait, wait. Didn't, didn't she hook up with Michael Jackson? Also, nah. I don't oh, know. yeah, she was dating him. Oh, that was just like a. She I think was, that was for show. She was for dating show. him. Yeah, and then I think Big Daddy Kane too. Yeah, she cover. definitely smashed Big Daddy Kane. Kane. Yeah, that wow. dude Haitian Jack. Haitian Jack. She's a fuck with him. Oh, Haitian Yo, Jack. How did Madonna yeah. go through like almost the whole <laughs> fucking starting lineup of the Bulls? Yo, she and the, the DJ from the Funhouse. I forget his name. Crazy. Jelly Bean Benitez. <laughs> Damn, that was the first one. That was that's what who started it all. Yo, her body count must be bananas. Bro, yeah, her vagina right. yeah, is a Hall of Famer. That shit is like fucking. <laughs> we ain't, oh, we didn't talk Sean Penn. Oh, Sean wow. Penn. He married that. Her pussy is like diamond platinum. Yo. <laughs> that shit is crazy. The Dude. amount of sales that went through that pussy. <laughs> Holy <laughs> I mean, fuck. Her pussy has championship rings in there. Yeah. And there was who which other NBA players was she smashing? I don't know. There was another one. Oh man. Was she smashing magic? No. It, was, no, it wasn't no. magic. But they was kicking it though. Damn. They they was like Eddie Murphy, Magic. I'm um, sure, sure. Um Bradley Shaw? No, uh, Br- Br- Sean Bradley. Brian Shaw. Brian Shaw? She was hooked up with him, yeah. Oh wow. Damn. <laughs> Wow. Well, y- y'all heard about that? Um, what do you call it? Y'all heard about that? The Pippin story though with Madonna. 
Which one? Repeat well, it. Well, Jordan, tell us the story. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, you jo- love this story. I love this story. I love this story <laughs> so much. I love this story so much for so many reasons. But uh, Pippen was known, and I think one of the assistant coaches was telling somebody uh-huh. this. It was a reporter or somebody, and it was they were having a drink at a bar, and he was telling the story, and the dude was like pretty drunk. He said that every city that the Bulls used to go to, Pippen, they would have these uh, kind of like. Uh, Message boxes, right? Yeah. Everyone had their own message box. Like a cubby. Like a cubby. And uh, every time, every city they went to, Pippin's message box was flooded with with numbers from, like, women. Yeah. And Jordan's was, like, kind of second. And then, you know, everyone else was, like, third, fourth. But everyone would be, like, empty or whatever. Yeah. And then Jordan used to fucking hate that Pippin got so much pussy. (laughs) He fucking hated it. And I think every time they went to L.A., Madonna would pull up with a stretch limo waiting for the game to be over to pick up Pippen so they could like have a, like an all-out fuck fest. And I think Orgy. Jordan approached her and he's like, yo, when are you going to let me like tap that shit again? And she's like, nah, like I'm good with Pippen right now. <laughs> I'm good. And that shit used to get him so tight. And he used to get so heated about that shit. But what I love about it was that Jordan, even he didn't even need Madonna pussy. Nah, but it was just that you know, like that, that god, that god competitive that, factor of, that of e- him, that ego, he, that ego. Yeah, he just he just needed to be better than someone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I just love that story. Oh, this, Bobby Brown also smashed. Madonna. Oh, really? Did he? Wow. Dude, she has a fucking <laughs> list. Yeah. I love the the uh, statement he made when they were asking about his his gambling. He was like, "I don't have a gambling issue. I have a competition issue." Like, that's yeah. my problem. Like, I am addicted to competition. And I was like, that resonated with me. Because, like, I don't, he doesn't look like a hardcore, like, lose my crib and cars and a deed to my house, like, kind of a guy, but he just addicted to competition. I heard his gambling was really bad, though. Yeah, yeah. Especially he was after six his pops figures. passed. Like, no, I heard it was really, really bad to where he was almost in debt. Damn. Because he was flying to Asia uh-huh. and he was doing these appearances that you don't, you don't even know about. He was really? doing these appearances at, like, weird sumo wrestling games. He was doing commercials for shit overseas that he had to do for free. Damn. Just to not pay his debt. There was yeah. like a ton of shit that he did. There's a bunch of Jordan. Y'all, like, I remember at one point I was fascinated with Jordan stories and all of these Jordan stories started popping up. Uh-huh. Like, remember when Tiger Woods uh, got caught out there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For, for, for 19 holes? Like, his sex, 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 <laughs> yeah. oh, sorry, sex scandal. Yeah. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like scandal. I remember there was an interview. They were interviewing one of his security dudes, and I'm wondering if it was one of the security guys who was on his detail in the in the At documentary. Chicago? It might have been. <laughs> it was the guy that went because it was the <laughs> you know the guy who looked like Bob Ross. Yeah, the white mm-hmm. dude yeah. with like kind of the the like the Jew fro. Whoa, what the fuck was that? What was that? Yeah, <laughs> he, he yeah. looked like, like the character from Martin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he did. Oh right? yeah, his man. Yeah. <laughs> That white dude, right? Yeah, the white I know you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the, the blonde, sure. the blonde yeah. little, the little curly looking joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I was reading an article that he was, uh, he, he was a former police officer. He was an ex-cop. Yeah, they were all former police. Yeah. officers. they're all ex-cops, right? Mm-hmm. So then, all right. So this story, this story's got to be true. Where yeah. they were like talking to one of the security dudes, and this is another thing. I think they were like at a bar or something, and the security guys were laughing at the Tiger Woods shit. And they're like, yo, that would have never happened with Jordan. <laughs> and it was like, why wouldn't that happen to Jordan? He's like, yo, the whole security detail, ex-cops. Uh-huh. So we did background checks on every groupie that used to come up. He And Jordan never, never knew anyone's number. He barely knew anyone's name. They had to get vetted through us. Yeah. 
So every city they went to, there was three hotel rooms. There was one hotel room where they would get their they would get their uh, purse, phone, cameras confiscated. Mm-hmm. They would mm-hmm. get their background checks. They would be asked a certain amount of questions, and they would make it to the waiting room, it's the like second the, room. It's like the casting room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, peep this. And then they would make it to the second room uh-huh. where they would wait. Mm-hmm. And they would wait for like, they would wait for the info. So if they, they got cleared, if their background, no criminal record, no history of, you know, I don't know, like uh, scandals or anything. Yeah. yeah. They were like, cool. Then they would, they would either get passed or they were sent home. If they went through, they went to the third room and they waited for Jordan. And Jordan would just walk in. And that was the room. That was, that was their vetting process. Wow. Mm-hmm. And after Jordan was done, they would leave. Security would escort them out. And anytime they wanted to get in contact with Jordan, it would be through his security. Wow. And they would yeah. laugh at that Tiger Woods shit. They were like, yo, I don't know how that... Wasn't that at one point that Tiger Woods was making almost more than Jordan? Oh, he was for yeah, sure. Definitely. Yeah, Yeah. So they were just laughing like, you making all that money and... Look at Jordan, dude. Like, he was the he, he was nothing. for sure. He still might be the highest paid athlete ever. Nah, Floyd Mayweather nah. got that. I mean, isn't it that soccer career, player? career, or just Floyd like in made, a year? Dude, Floyd, oh, yeah. made, Floyd made a hundred. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, the uh, it's not a Rod. A Rod? No, the soccer player. Oh, uh, Cristiano it? Ronaldo. Yeah, Ronaldo, yeah, it is. yeah. Orlando. I was thinking Messi, but, but don't they call him a Rod or something? No, that's Alex sure. Rodriguez from the Yankees. No, not a Rod, but a Ron, like a Ron. I'm not sure. I don't, don't ask me. <laughs> but yeah, at one point, I think Tiger was the... Yeah, he was right the, before he got caught with all those girls. Yeah. yeah, they were just like, how could you not have some type of system like that? He was texting girls like directly. That shit is crazy. He, was just, he yeah, thought man. he was invincible. Bro, voicemails. Hey, this is Tiger. <laughs> yeah, that was nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that was nuts. Just uh, delete everything. Uh, <laughs> Girl, he thought he was invincible. I have a question for y'all. Yeah. Do you guys still believe that shit was a food poisoning slash flu game? Yes. You guys still believe that The food poisoning? Yeah. I don't know, man. I just wanted to know what they did to you those ever, motherfuckers. You yeah. ever had... No, they're probably like six feet under. Dude, you're, I mean, you're basically talking about the game... What is it? Game six? Game six flu game. Where oh, game everyone, five flu game. Everyone thought he had the guys. flu. Yeah. And he's saying he got poisoned in Utah by a bunch of pizza dudes. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of believe the pizza shit, but... I only believe it if I know what happened to the pizza guys afterwards. The only, the only reason I don't believe it is like he said, they said five guys deliver the pizza. Yeah. It's like if five guys come and deliver something to your, especially to a Jordan, you would suspect something. But the name didn't say would, fucking Jordan on the box, on the order. I don't know, man. I think they, I think I they tell it could have gone to any one of the Bulls. They probably knew where the Bulls were staying. It was yeah. late night and they were like, they saw the security. They're like, yo, this is Have probably- you guys ever got food poisoning? I've gotten food poisoning no. before. Yeah, you? I have. I've never. It's pretty bad. It's bad. You think you could have ran a fucking game of basketball? No, no chance. He I mean, looks, talking he about you could, okay, you've been hungover. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't even compare to food poisoning. Though. But can you run a game of basketball hungover? Yeah, I feel like a lot of NBA players do. Okay, fucking. Do I think that shit was a hungover. Like he was hang. He was hungover. I don't think it was. He was. I don't know, man. Because when you're hungover, you're still hella weak. But that was you're in Utah. Cold was sweats. He? Where was he going? Where was he hanging out at? Salt Lake City. He was drinking, no, he was drinking in the, no, uh, the he hotel? Was, yeah, he said they were hanging out in the hotel, and Michael Jordan suddenly got hungry. And they ordered, they looked around, and they found a pizza spot. And he ate the whole pizza by was, himself? He was the only one that ate the pizza? Dog, yeah. out of six people in that fucking <laughs> I room? I mean, actually, you're making a good point here. I don't make a good point here. You're making he a good comes point out, here. He comes out, he can steal a jog. Bro, food poisoning. You're fucking shitting in your shorts if you're running a, 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 a pickup game. Like jumping, moving. You do you think your valves, your 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 stomach's not gonna fucking 
let loose at a point. <laughs> Oh, no. I don't know. He's sitting there and he he's just sweating it out, and then out of nowhere he fucking puts up thirty nine fucking yep. points. But anything could have happened. He could have he could have gotten drugged by like maybe one of the groupies while he was drinking. I mean, yeah. anything could have happened. Yeah. I'm going. I can see with, that. I'm going hungover. I, but I, was was Jordan a heavy drinker? I felt like he wasn't. Did you see the documentary? He had the fucking the cup loaded up to the top the whole time, <laughs> and it kept moving up and down. <laughs> I feel like he started drinking like ever ever since he's retired. After like winning the sixth championship, uh-huh. he looked like drunk. And Afterwards, up. Bro, Afterwards looked, yeah, exactly. I don't think there was one sober moment. <laughs> no, because even even towards after every championship, as as he started winning the fourth, fifth, and sixth one, uh-huh. that motherfucker had a cigar with him Yo, in the locker room. After games, are drinking Miller Lite in the fucking where they get their their knees taped up and all that shit. Yeah. And a cigar right before the game, and he's swinging a bat. Yo, fam, smoking a cigar before the game is kind of crazy. Yo. You're running, kind of wild. Yo, he would get crucified if that was in the today's times. Yeah, with the NBA and that's, the social media. So that's what I'm saying. There's no way he got that shit food rem- poisoning in a fucking Marriott at Utah. That had that had to be one of the best scenes <laughs> of him gripping that bat. Yeah, and with smoking cigar. that cigar. It's like, yeah, you gonna talk all that shit. Yeah, you better like, do that shit before the game, not after, yo. Yeah, not when like, you're easy fucking. That yeah. was like some Capone in the untouchable <laughs> shit when he was. When he was <laughs> <laughs> we nah, have enthusiasms, enthusiasms, enthusiasms. You put yourself before the team. That was, I think, that scene in the untouchables, yo. Nah, I still think it was. he was hungover to this day. I don't think it was food poisoning. Hell no. He would have been throwing up running all that shit. Can, 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 we, can we talk about Jerry Krause? Yeah. Okay, we're quick. Okay, go Listen, ahead. everyone point. I feel like it actually that's the dude that I related to the most, surprisingly. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> I need to hear this. Why? Yeah. But it was only it was only one aspect of him. Because mm. I feel like there's a Jerry Krause in all of us. Yeah. I think there's a Jerry Krause in all of us. Where, okay. And what's that? Keep going. Well, this let me explain. Okay. You can't say that Jerry Krause isn't instrumental for putting together the Chicago Bulls, the championship Chicago never Bulls. Said, yeah. Agreed. Yes. That. Agreed. Mm-hmm. He is extremely instrumental in putting that all together. Yes. Mind yeah. you, I'm not a sports guy, so everything I'm saying is purely from what I got from the documentary. That's okay. Fine. So I thought he was extremely instrumental and everything he did after that was out of slight where he felt that no one was giving him credit for shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And no one appreciated him and he was an afterthought. But and I think that's and this is where it gets dangerous for all of us. Because the Jerry Krause in us can do one of two things. We can, we can um, roll with the punches and just be like, look, I had a job. I did my job well. You know, I can't take credit for everything. You know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Or you can be the Jerry Krause that tries to destroy it all. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. And I feel like there's a Jerry Krause in all of us where in anything that we do and excel at, if we don't get enough credit, or people aren't recognizing it, we can be self-destructive and we could destroy the whole thing. Yeah. And that's really how I saw Jerry Krause. Yeah. And I, I related to him because sometimes there's many times where I feel like unappreciated. I feel like I do a lot for this person or that person. I do a lot for us or whoever. And I don't I feel unappreciated. And a part of me says, fuck those guys, like I don't want to ever work with him again. Or like, no, nah, fuck them. I don't want to do that again. Or fuck them. They don't want to pay me. They, they want to give my man a raise at that club, but they don't want to give me a raise. Fuck them. So you're the destructible Jerry Krause. No, and I'm saying there's a part of everyone like that where it's like, fuck them. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to like, fuck him. I'm going to leave. 
or I'm gonna yeah. do this, or I'm like I'm gonna dest- like basically self destruct the whole thing, mm-hmm. and be like I'm gonna start over. I can start over, and I think the same part of us are like no, we have to appreciate everything we have and realize that it's it's a team effort, and we're all part of something. You know what I'm saying? I think everyone has to, has to take a step back, mm-hmm. and I think he, he never took that step back. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it was kind of wild that he wanted the same recognition that Jordan was getting. I think he he has to be in conversations. I mean, yeah, yeah. but you shouldn't yeah. be the one bringing up your name. I think, it's, but, it's, but that's what I'm saying is that people who bring up their name only bring up their name because no one bring, no one's bringing right. up their name. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Especially when everyone's like, "Oh, Pippen is working out Phil Jackson." Like, yo, he pulled Phil Jackson out of nowhere. Yeah, Phil Jackson was a shit. He was coaching in like a minor league, somewhere. exactly, in uh, like. A, Brazil, and, it, I think. and it's literally and it's no wonder it's literally no wonder that he had a hard on at the end for phil jackson yeah because if if there was anybody that he helped or handpicked himself and mm-hmm. made a superstar and that helped the franchise the most yeah it was phil jackson i mean even yeah. more than that shit he drafted pippen yeah he drafted yeah. horace grant mm-hmm. he they, he they traded charles oakley out for um, what's his name? Yeah, I forget, but he constructed that team, so I understand his his sense of wanting to have recognition. But to me, but the, but 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 see, he didn't destroy it. Yeah. He didn't destroy uh, the whole team. Yeah, he went after certain people that he helped. Yeah, that he felt that he wasn't getting the respect from. Yeah, does that make sense? And I think he he was like that. Like fuck it, I did it once. I can do it again. Exactly, and like, that's when his ego got yeah. in the way, and you don't really see, you don't really, and that's the whole thing is that. That's why I feel like we all gotta really be in tap with our in touch with our Jerry Krause. Yeah, I feel like a Jerry Krause is in all of us. Hell yeah, you know what I'm saying? Where <laughs> that's what I, I that's why I was kind of looking at him because I was like, yo, I really relate to him mm-hmm. because I we all feel unappreciated, mm-hmm. but at the same time. We can't go after motherfuckers like that and destroy yeah. everything and then think that we can rebuild. So something. Jerry Cross is kind of like Scottie Pippen in a way. Yeah. And in some ways, except um yeah, I guess so. But yeah. it, it's different though with Pippen. It's, it's, it's different in it's a different. sense. I think for just Pippen's being, in the game. Me yeah. being a sports dude, I, mean. I feel like a GM, a the great GMs, you never know who they are. Yeah. They're in the backgrounds heavy. Like Jerry West, he was an amazing NBA player. But you never heard shit from him when he was the GM of the Lakers. He was just in the background calling shots and doing shit and making the team great. Uh-huh. And then when you start kind of wanting recognition is when you run into trouble. Like I look at like yeah. like Jerry Jones, the, uh-huh. the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. He's always in the news and I think it's to the detriment of the team. Yeah. So like if I'm a cook, I don't need to come out every time I prepare right. a dish and tell you, yo, I made this food for you at the restaurant. Like you thank me. Like, no, the food speaks for itself. It's kind of like, yo, like, and then that's what I'm saying is that we all got to say, shut the fuck up yeah. and play and play your position mm-hmm. and like, and be supportive. I think he got, you know? he got, un, he got unfairly villainized in a lot of ways. No, no, no. I think Sports Illustrated wrote something about, they said, uh, yeah, they thought it was unfair how the documentary portrayed him. Yeah. They said, uh, yeah, I think the headline of the article was Jerry Krause deserves better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he did get villainized. He was the bad guy in Space Jam. <laughs> was that him? Look it up. Have you guys ever seen Space Jam? Look it up, Kirk. Pull it up for the guys. Uh, have you ever seen? I know it was the Goblin. It was like the yeah, 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 yeah but he looks the same. He was chubby with a suit, with the same like yeah. But I think too, he kind of wanted to be one of the boys. Yeah, and he and they wasn't just lying. didn't accept him. They didn't accept. They just 
cracked on him all the time, talking about his height. <laughs> I think that was crazy. Just to fuck with him, yeah. 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 I think that was crazy. The documentary said he had a little man syndrome. I was like, damn. Like when Jordan was like, don't drink that at the stunt your growth. Like Jordan <laughs> yeah. was fucking with him all the time. But it was after he was fucking with yeah. Pippen and everything yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's what, I mean, look, I could, I could, I feel like we could talk another hour about that fucking yeah, documentary. Like I know, yeah. But Never's yeah. going to fall asleep right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's rubbing his knee. Never, you haven't done that in a year and a half. No, because I'm, I'm uncomfortable, I'm uncomfortable sitting, sitting in the sofa. Now we're, now we're, now we're Never's dream and shit. He's getting drowsy whenever he speaks. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> Never's getting drowsy uh, in his head. Not. He hears echoes and shit, man. I fucking did my thing. I did my thing. Nah, man, my knee's cool. My knee's, knee's cool. cool. What? I'm just resting my eyes. Resting my eyes. Yeah. All right, yo. Let's put an end to this shit. But I know we wanted to talk really quick about Andre Harrell, right? Yeah. Andre Harrell, he recently passed away, like, it's been two weeks already? Or mm-hmm. About a week and, and a half. Yeah. Week and a half, yeah. Um, if you don't know, Andre Harrell was, like, the um the owner of Uptown Records. He's responsible for the career of Puff Daddy, Mary J. Blige, Heavy D. Um, yeah, he recently passed away. I don't know what was the cause of it. I think they he haven't said. Yeah, nothing has been said. Everyone's kind of alluding that it was COVID nineteen. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I don't know about that, but yeah, but yeah, he was like an important figure in the hip hop community, mm-hmm. and you you hardly hear about him. It's like that saying, like you don't give the people flowers when they're alive. Yeah, he's responsible for like a the, my generation, um, people my age at the time, like in the late eighties, who didn't like R and B music. Mm-hmm. He incorporated like R&B into hip hop, mm-hmm. whereas it made like the, the younger kids like myself appreciate R&B music more. Yeah, yeah. Because nobody was doing that at the time. Like he had, I'll be sure, Guy. Um, who else is on it? Christopher Williams is on the label. Jodeci. Right. It's like there was like. I mean, Uptown Records was yeah. a, there before Bad Boy and all of these other like record labels. Yeah. Uptown was like the it record label at the time. From exactly. Like, what would you say it was like one of the first like kind of young. Where like a young black young CEO was running the record label, right? Exactly. He was yeah. one of the first. I mean, we have Russell Simmons yeah. before that. But once again, he worked at um, well, Def if, Jam before right. he started Uptown if Records. There wasn't a, if there wasn't a Russell, there wouldn't have been an uh, Andre, Andre Harrell. And if there wasn't an Andre Harrell, there, there wouldn't have been a Puff Daddy. Exactly, yeah. There wouldn't have been a lot of that shit. Exactly, yeah, yeah man. So yeah, we lost a, a, legend. a great legend. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, if you look up the Uptown Records catalog, mm-hmm. it's insane. Yeah. yeah. It's like... Some of the best music ever, and, yeah. bef- and a lot of people don't know. Before he was, um, before he was working in the um, record, he, before he started Uptown Records, he was a rapper. He went by Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they had like a couple of hits back in the in the eighties, early eighties. I don't was know any. I don't know any of those. You don't know AMPM? <laughs> no, I don't know any of those. Fast. Things. He did Genius of Rap. Did no. they rap over um, Genius of Love? No. Tom Tom Club? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> he I'm just sorry. knew the executive part. <laughs> I know Tom Tom Club. I'm just looking at some of the uh, <laughs> some of the artists. We've got Albie Shore, Christopher Williams, Father MC, mm-hmm. Guy, Heavy D and the Boys, Horace Brown, Jodeci. Horace Brown, yes. Sir. Yeah, um, um, Mary J. Blige, Monifa. Can, the guys that get Candy Ray, no. Puff yeah. Daddy, Notorious so, so Biz. So for real, so for, so for real. Yeah, yeah, so for real. Lost Boys, and that was that's pretty much the list right there. Yo, Nev, did he sign? Did he sign uh, Biggie? Well, actually, um, he was originally on Uptown Records because he was signed through Puff Daddy. Okay. But when Puff um, got fired from Uptown, his contract that he had for other artists, they was dead. Resolved. So that's why he took um, Biggie with him to and started Bad Boy. Yeah. Biggie's first song was Party and Bullshit, right? Which is on the Who's the Man soundtrack. Yeah. Which is but on that Uptown was under Record. Uptown Records. Yeah. Got it. 
Also, Andre Havel was responsible for um, <laughs> New York Undercover. Oh, the oh, TV the show. show. Yeah. Oh, I used to love that show. That was show. Uptown, Uptown production. Because they would have all the hip-hop acts exactly, perform yeah, on the like, show. Yeah. yeah. The That's black true. and Puerto Rican duo. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. Also, yeah. remember the movie Strictly Business? Yeah. yeah. He um, produced that as well. That's, yeah, I didn't and know that. And he had that soundtrack with Halle Berry, Halle Berry yeah. and um, Tommy Davidson. It's crazy, bro. Like, I remember I was, I've been in a few rooms with Andre Harrell before, and everybody always showed him love. Like, he was the first dude that got greeted, and people gave him love and showed him love, and it was by, like, he was never by himself. And, yeah, even at Puff's birthday party, he gave a great speech about He's a major staple in in hip-hop. Yeah, and he was still working, he was still guiding Puff. Even up to this point. Well, no, well, he was actually, he was working at Revolt TV yeah, at the time. But he was still in Puff's ear and stuff like that. So, yeah, no, Andre Harrell, props to him. And, you I know, think he, sad was, loss. I think there was like a memorable statement that Andre Harrell said where he was like, I kind of mentored Puffy. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up working for my protege. Yeah. 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 Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rest in peace, Andre Harrell. RIP. And then, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's end this, yo. Jamie. I haven't done this in live. Time here we go. If you want to watch this video alongside all our other videos that get released every Friday, youtube.com slash roll podcast. Make sure you like, you comment, you subscribe, and you hit the notification bell to be the first to get the video. And shout out to everybody that's actually been subscribing to us because y'all been killing it with the views and the likes and the comments. So shout out to everybody on YouTube. One yeah. take. And uh don't forget uh this Monday we'll be on Twitch. Check out our new kind of project, our new uh Special episode this Monday. Uh, Road podcast. Road podcast at Twitch TV. And uh, what do you call it? Yeah, we'll see you later. Shout out to DJ City. Peace. DJ City, man. Peace.